the dream don't come no closer by itself. We gotta run after it now. Al Pacino, Carlito's way. Fez is running after his dream. Well, we tell you all about that in the main show. We're gonna keep this one quick because it was a good long show. Well, kind of long, but good. Scott, you'd say one of the better ones of the year, huh? Great flow. Do you think because you talked more than usual? Probably. Okay. But I thought his contributions were excellent. I agree, and I especially like the incentive-based um, discussions of several players. Yep. All right. Speaking of incentive, you can get the rest of the NFL season. Okay. Now, who would you want to get? Well, maybe A.J. Hoffman. He's up 53 units in the NFL this season. On his premium stuff, 53 the Hitman's up 36. Greg Shaker up almost 34, 33.9. You want me to help you sell real quick? Help me sell. I, Go know, ahead. I know you're the master seller. No, I'm not. I just tell the truth. I went 0 and 5 on the pod last week. Mm-hmm. My clients went 4 and 1. Now that's interesting. And people might Wednesday say. Wednesday bad. Wednesday <laughs> was bad for me this week. People might say, why? How could that be? Well, what the lines are, what t- so you release one of the things you do. I think that's excellent. You put stuff out early, yeah, because you beat the line move. Yep, like I had Ravens minus three. I wasn't willing to play Ravens minus three and a half on the pod. They won fifty six nineteen. Exactly. <laughs> but but let's be candid. You are up fifty three units pretty much in the NFL on your premium. And you're up how many units here on the pod? On the on the weighted scale that we do here, I'm up 69 units for the year. <laughs> 69. Nice. So let's just say both are winning. <laughs> it's just intermittently. You know, some might win and some might lose. The hitman, like we said, Greg Shaker. And you might be saying, what about Steve Million Dollar Man Fezzik? Well, that's not really your name, but it could be for a short period. Well... He's in the top 10 of the Circa Millions, and we're going to talk all about that. But this is a guy that's – would you say that you're going to put in as much time handicapping this week as any week probably in 10 years, right? Oh, absolutely. Because every win or loss could swing things like $30,000. And I got Survivor on top of it. so Yeah, and we we explain all that. There's no – I mean, he might be right now, Steve Fezzik, the most successful – handicapper this season of anyone, and I'm talking better handicapper, whatever, in the top 10 of the Circa Millions and part of a team, a two-man team, right? Yes. That is one of the final four in Survivor, which is a $9 million contest. And you know what? You can get his stuff, everything from now through the Super Bowl, including the props. How many props usually usually for the Super Bowl? Usually eight to ten. And you've hit what, like sixty nine percent? Yeah, and I always give out like tw- I give I give out everything I bet. So I'll I'll list like you give nine like, widely yeah. available props, and I'll say here's twenty five other things that I bet. You know, you might find it, you might not. Now we talked about all the net units. What are the prices? Well, for one seventy five right now, you can get all access through the Super Bowl. That's publicly available to any schmo. You walk in off the street, you get that. You know you're not that to us, to me. So we're going to give you $26 off, and that just happens. Why $26, you're going to say? That happens to bring it down to $149. All right? Do that in your head. I got you. Right, Fez? You got that? I got it, Chief. Yeah. yeah. Chief. 
<laughs> what is, what's that? Like one flew over the cuckoo's nest? <laughs> the, the big Indian? Piece of gum. <laughs> All right. So, but why 149? Because that's what the all access will be next week. So effectively, you're getting week 18, in this case, Fezzik's or whomever's. And it maybe for him, especially, will be the most intense handicapping he ever does in the NFL. It will be right up there. Three picks already. That's already up. Yep. They could get it right now. Yep. All right. So what's the coupon code? It's NFL26. NFL26. Go to pregame.com. Click buy picks. You pick whoever you want. Then you put in that coupon code at the checkout. You get it for 149. You're getting week 18 free and all the playoffs at the normal good rate. That's it. It's that simple. On to the show. preview it's my favorite week well i like week 17 when it was the last week better but i don't know i just don't like all the records changing and all but still another week to hopefully profit but it's always my favorite the last week it's a lot like preseason which is one of my favorites or it used to be that's gotten tougher we got a full house to my right aj hoffman Really bringing the team down. 0 and five last. Boom. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now w- w- you know what it was, Faz. He was bragging so hardcore about his bet against you. He goes, Faz said fifty five percent. I'm thirteen and two. Is that fair? Fez said fifty two and a half percent. I'm thirteen and two. But yeah. So let's think about this. If you go 0 and five this week, seven, you'd be thirteen and twelve and lose. Yeah, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> I, I will well, how say, funny would that be? I will say, so the week I'm sick, AJ does go 0-5. It's completely unrelated. <laughs> wow. Not correlated at all. But think about that. You, we never thought of it. If you went 0-10, you were paying. Yeah. I never thought of it as a possibility. Uh, it would almost be a bigger collapse than Washington almost losing that game yeah. in the semifinal. <laughs> But still, on the season... 65%. 55 and 29. That's pretty good. And what was it the year before? The same, right? 63%. So you've improved a little. A little unless bit. you go 0-5. Unless I go 0-5. We got Steve Fezzik, who had the flu last week. I had a... Uh, I had a drone flying by his house to make sure he wasn't leaving, going anywhere. We didn't, you know. The story stayed the same. It was consistent. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Um, I mean, it just, what? I mean, holidays, people get sick. It's because, I mean, they're exposed to a lot of people they don't usually see. Is that, I mean. And you're burning the candle on both ends Mm. because life gets in the way. And basically, uh, Christmas turned up on Monday and I was just donezo. I was like, I, 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 I like. Was not a. I think I texted AJ. It's like, okay, I'm shocked. I'm better. I'm shocked. I'm better. I felt so bad last week. And it's funny because um, sometimes if you push yourself so hard, your body just says, you know, almost like uh, in the movie Million Dollar Baby, they were talking about when you get punched a certain way, and it was like, and uh, you know, and the body says, that's enough, you know, youngster, whatever. but you're feeling good now, and so you didn't have a great week, but you had a really successful survivor. So I'll let you decide how you want to share. By the way, Scott Seidenberg, he likes sides, not total. Oh, <laughs> Fez? All right, so survivor, there are four people left, and I do have a investor's share. 
It's not my entry, but I have investor share of one gentleman who is still alive. That that percent seems to go up every couple of days. Uh, it has gone up, <laughs> yes, but um, but but he still controls over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over, you know, in, I, in, in the I, name of the team, I have less than twenty percent. And you know what? And I want to give accolades. This is not my entry. This is his entry. Mm-hmm. He is trying to win Survivor, and I'm just an investor. No, but, no, I oh, understand. But let's yeah. be candid. Is the last three or four weeks you've been. Uh, you've had a real voice. Yes, yes, and and you know the ultimately we've made some very good calls, and I believe I'm I'm not saying we invented this strategy, but I think we're the first ones to go public with a put your cards face up on the table strategy, which has benefited us greatly the last right, couple so, of weeks. So let's talk about that because that's been the theory of do you want to play if you're if you knew what someone else had, do you want to play with them or against them, and the theory is you want to play against them, right? And what was the rationale of making it public what you were playing? The idea is that anytime there's a duplication of picks in a survivor and a winner-take-all, mm-hmm. that's a disaster. So think about like a March Madness pool. The last thing you'd want to do is get R.J. Bell's bracket, maybe a bad example, get Scott Seidenberg's bracket, and fill out every single pick that Scott fills out. So you can no longer win. At best, you can tie for first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you want to be unique. So what happened is that um, Greg um, you know, consulted with me. I spoke to him. What was the name of the team? Uh, at uh, at L.A. Jones. L.A. Jones. Right. So L.A. Jones decided that on week 16 Christmas that Denver, and he had Denver available. Denver was a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and he says, you know what? There's going to be a whole bunch of people on Denver, so I'm not going to stack. There's 10 people left in the contest. I'm going a little contrarian, and ultimately he took the Bears as a four-point favorite. But not only did he take the Bears, and I, I spoke with him, I'm like, this is a disaster. If enough people feel like you, if like three or four people take the mm-hmm. Bears, oh, God, goodness, you know, this is, we're getting very much the worst of it. We're getting hammered in equity because the Bears are only going to win 63%, and Denver's going to win 70, over 70%. All right, so you, you looked at it, just looking at the money line, about a seven-point disadvantage, seven percentage point, so seven out of 100 times you're going to lose when you would have won more often. Uh, and with, I think it was 10% was the difference, oh, actually. Wow, it's like okay. 62 and 72%. But the theory is then that if you made it public, which is what you guys did. Right. So I told him, put it out on Twitter. I'm taking the Bears. I said, I'll retweet it. So we just smashed it everywhere. Greg, Ellie Jones has taken the Bears. And so that ultimately, I think, really benefited us. Of the 10 people, six of them took Denver. And only one other guy took Chicago. So we we avoid we did have one duplicate on Chicago, but only one. Okay, now that's interesting. How did you guys prove that you were taking the Bears? We did not. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yes. What I would have done. I, I did tell him to actually, you know, I told him tweet the, the ticket. But yeah. I did, but we didn't want to put it in too early in case, you know, there's a major injury yeah, but or something you, like that. What I would have done is announced 90 minutes before the deadline, I'm going to tweet this out. Right, right. And then that way people can wait to verify. Sure. Okay. And you think more people would have taken the Bears? I do. I think you're right. Because one person actually took the Rams on Thursday, similar as the Bears. So one person had the Rams available on Thursday, and they went rogue on Rams. Same concept, same idea. And the line that game was? Four. Okay. Rams were laying four, and I think they're the only ones that had the Rams available. So they so they shoved with the with the Rams, which would made a lot of sense because they knew that they were going to be the only ones on the Rams. Now, would you say so? Uh, kind of skipping ahead a second here. This is fascinating. So you guys did that for multiple weeks, made it known. Yes, we did that on week sixteen, and then on week um, 
uh, let me see, was that 15 or 16? They're all mulling together. 17 was just last week. Yeah, so what we did this last week in week 17 is that the best play, one guy was already through. Okay, one guy had advanced to week 18. Because he he had the brown. He took the brown. So there are three gentlemen left and an unfortunate situation where we had three teams favored by three and a half, four, and four and a half at the time. So all of them were viable. All right? So you could take Houston, Indy, or you could take Denver. And most people had most of them left. Yes. All right. So really, that's the time getting it public has the most value. Exactly. And I was like, I don't care who we take, but you got to get it out there. Just, you know, I mean, I had my opinion on who to take, but I said, I said, let's let's make it be very public. And so, um, it ultimately, L.A. Jones took Denver and made it public, and no one else stacked on Denver. So really what happened is that one other fellow played Houston, one other fellow played Indy. So so this was Denver last week, laying three, three and a half. Three and a half, yes. Yeah. So, obvi- so Circus Master had Cleveland. Circus Master's in the, in the clubhouse for Week 18, and I'm sure it sickened him to look at what everyone else was playing and say, oh, God, they played three different teams, mm-hmm. because now his chance, obviously, if he would want all three of us to have stacked on the same team. That would have been most advantageous for him, and thus... Level some game, bad for the other three people. You would have liked it if the two others would have been on the same. Okay. Yes. All right. So now you guys negotiated a chop. All right. So like in a poker tournament, et cetera. Um, exactly what we uh, before what game was the chop agreed to? Right before the Eagles game played um, Christmas week week. Uh, that's that's week sixteen B, if you will. Okay, so and they chopped. I, I'm not allowed to disclose the exact amount, but mm-hmm. it was for a substantial amount of the pot. Okay, so um, and they're playing for what's left. Yes, like first place is still going to win what's left. Got it. Yes. Okay, so um, let's think about this. So that would have been part B of Christmas, and then so there's been two picks since then. There's yes. been two two sessions of picks. The Christmas yeah. picks and then last week's picks. Yeah, but the Christmas pick, all four took the Eagles because they were a prohibitive favorite and no one had anything la- left to play, basically. Everybody so everybody the Eagles for that reason, right? Yes, so everyone had to play the Lucky Eagles. Lucky it wasn't a week later. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. So if everyone went out at the same then time... They, then, then they would have just been four-way winners. Yeah, they would have oh, they, they would end, They wouldn't continue it? They would no, end it? No, they end it, as a, and it's a tie. Why would that be? It's called Survivor. You don't survive. You're dead. But, but, but it's like a spelling bee, right? Wouldn't you use spelling bee rules? Apparently, yeah. no. Once once you're eliminated, you're eliminated. And yeah. It, and it's the last Survivor left. So if it's all the four are eliminated last, on the same day, they're the last one standing. Same as last man standing. Same if every, week, though, right? Same week, if, yes. If everyone gets their last man standing pick wrong the final week, everyone chops. Yeah. The final week, but okay. No, well, or the third to last week. I was going to ask, it doesn't matter what order of games, right? Like, so, like, if one guy had the not. Monday night game. Of course That, not, that would right? be no. interesting, it's though. It's, the selections go by week. Yeah, yeah imagine. Yeah. The, so it's like, I have to wait till the Sunday yeah. night game. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, imagine if the Sunday night games pick them. Yes. It, yeah. I mean, that would, you know, another angle. Okay. So, how was it? So, so your percentage, less than 20. Uh, but, I mean, I'll just just guess 15 for a second. And let's think about this. So nine, it's nine million was at stake. The yeah, whole pot, yeah, yeah. Nine, the whole yeah, pot. There's some, there's some fees and like contracts for the chop and stuff. So call it nine million. Yeah. So nine times. I'm just guessing here. Point one five. Hmm. That would have been nice. Okay. So if you would have, if 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 if, you, if Jones would have won the whole thing, it would have been one point three five million. Yes. How was it watching those games? 
Oh, it, most stressful time of, it, it of, wasn't of all fun. time. It wasn't not, fun. Oh, not fun at all. Because, I mean, <laughs> I'm used to a certain amount of um, exposure mm-hmm. when I bet, bet a game for 15000 That's a big bet. All right, good. You know, and that's my – so now and, – and remember, I'm sweating out my Circa Million picks on top of it. So, I mean, there's a whole lot of stress to be to – be because I'm playing for stakes higher than I'm used to playing. Yep. I mean, no no wonder you got sick. I'm surprised you still have your hair. It, it probably had something to do with it. Well, I mean <laughs> – that well, yes, yeah, stress for sure. I mean, it seems like you did an, I mean, an amazing job. Uh, I mean, Survivor. Once you felt like you were in it, you went three and two. Like when you kept going three and two, I'm mad. I, I don't like three and two. It was like you know, I thought it was amazing because I mean, it's hard that you start second guessing yourself on how you do your handicapping, you know. And to me. It's so you went one and four. Yes, and a lot of people did. So right now in Survivor, in millions. In oh, I'm sorry, in millions, uh, your place is tenth. Okay, so I want you to get the top ten. I'm just saying, because uh, I mean, to me, it would almost be a. I was thinking this is almost Stu Unger like. Remember, Stu won two of them, and then what for 15, 17 years went by. I think he last won his second one in '81. I think. And then he won again in what ninety eight? I think it was ninety one or two. It was ten years. Uh, oh no 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 no! That long. I guarantee it was not. It was not ninety one ninety two. I was. Oh okay, you were in town. Yeah. Oh no, I I was here before I moved here. Like the the uh, it would have been the summer before. Might have been like ninety three. Eighty eighty one ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Okay. No, wow. I, so it was sixteen years. Yeah. My yeah. goodness. So you got a few years before. Almost a generation. Wow. Yeah, but it's funny you you know that that video goes around a good bit when Stu won. He got they were all in, and he had an ace like six, and the other guy had an ace king, and it flops an ace. Yeah. So he had he had three. and he had a wheel draw. Yeah. Okay, you remember that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But but still, he was he was not in a good situation. No, he had like a seven ounce. <laughs> but I was gonna say it's almost like uh, Dan Harrington. If Fez finished top ten, like Dan Harrington won his bracelet. That, that's if Dan, but Dan Harrington never won. No, but he came. You saying if he finished top ten, Dan Harrington went. Dan Harrington did win a World Series of Poker bracelet. I don't think. Oh, not uh, the main bracelet, event, but not the main event. Everybody wins a bracelet because there's a zillion of them. So, in 1995, he's listed ten thousand dollar no limit hold'em World Championship winner, prize a million dollars. Hmm? 95 winner World Series of Poker. Dan, really? I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. okay. And All then right. when the when the no, I understand when the fields got big, he made back to back final tables, and everybody's like, "That's an even greater accomplishment." So if Fez would or if Harrington would have won two, right, it would have been yeah. like that. But then Fez has to be top. But anyway, I think that the, a top ten. First of all, a top twenty does it too, because I mean, how many people are in this contest? Fifty three hundred. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, in a weird way, the top ten is the final table, and and I could still finish third. You know, yeah. I'm still in striking distance for third. So, all right, this is exciting. So we'll think about we're gonna we'll get into the picks here, but we'll think about how because um, I know a lot of people want to root Faz on. So, in fact, here's what I'll, I'll do. And you know, he's rooting the most for me of anybody. Who the circa ticket writers? What. <laughs> It feels like there's some spoof going on that you decided that, that you had a meeting and you said we're gonna make fetch a thing, <laughs> and and it's like you're somehow that you think is telling everyone how generous you are. Is that what it is? Yes, because there are people who win contests that stiff the ticket is this writers, a, is this a and Chris that pisses is me it, off. Is this a Chris Andrews thing? I, I Chris Andrews got nothing to do with. Because it. remember he was seller, he was saying how the ticket writers were high five when you were banned. You know, it's interesting. That really upset you more than anything else he said. The, uh, 
I, I don't understand that because I did win the South Point contest twice, and I took care of my ticket writers there. So I, that's what I figured. Yes. I mean, plus Bez figures if I tip them a little bit, they're gonna, you know, give me a little edge here. Or there. Well, all right, maybe there's <laughs> something nefarious. By the way, RJ, they're remaking Mean Girls. Well, well on a related note, the musical <laughs> that's on Broadway, they're doing a film yeah. version of the musical. Well, he did. Why, he, why are you bringing that up? Because you said stop making fetch a thing. Yeah. Do you know what that's from? Oh man. Okay. All right. I, I got. On. I got it now. Well, right. you threw because Fez obviously didn't know, so I was like, I didn't. <laughs> He's not one of us. But usually the person that says the line, I didn't know if you knew that they were making a remake. And no, I didn't. You, you I looked didn't. shocked when I said it, like it, like because you can't read me. That's no, why I, I went at poker. Mm. <laughs> All right, exciting stuff. But I think what I'll do is when you put what time do you submit on Saturday? Four p.m. Well, yeah, three p.m. But then four p.m. is the deadline. All right. So how does this sound? How about you? You tweet it out. Yeah. Right after your picks, a ticket, and then I'll retweet it. Beautiful. All right. At RJ in Vegas on Twitter. I don't care what anyone says. Twitter. <laughs> it still works, right? X. I, I tell you, it, I do see finally people saying X without the Twitter now, which, you know, it, before it was formerly Twitter, yeah. you know. Hmm. Hmm. Times are changing. I don't like it still. I don't either. And I don't like the idea of saying he's on X. Yeah, that's a good point. I never <laughs> ever thought about it like that. Yeah, that means something different yeah. in Mean Girls kind of people. <laughs> it's just a symbol. It's like Prince. It's just the X. It's the site formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> but the tweet is a symbol also. Yeah. I, no, no, he, he's making a Prince reference. Oh. oh. <laughs> Fez is batting through all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sony's big disagreement yeah. with Prince. That, you know, what, what, what was that? It was Letterman, I think it was, once. I mean, this video is out, I'm sure. Prince was in his formerly known as Prince State. Mm-hmm. And somehow they were he did a song on Letterman, but all it was was him and like 20 dancers came in to the song. He was somehow up in a chariot they were carrying, <laughs> and he was dancing in the chariot, but someone else had his symbol and they were holding it. And they just went through the entire studio and left out the door, and that was the appearance. Sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Next, Steve Fezzik with his best bet. Best bet. We're going to go to the New York Giants plus five. This is the ultimate free roll here. This is my five weight and Scott's one weight as well. Oh, this is your best bet also. Just by happenstance, you're back with Fez. Syncing up with Fez. What a coincidence. All right. I make, from power rating perspective, I make the game four and a half. All right. So why am I five weighting something? I'm getting a half point of value because, like I said, it is a free roll. The games are concurrent. They're happening at the same time. You've got The Dallas game. The Dallas game. So Dallas is lane 13 against a god-awful Washington team, and you cannot tell me that Philly, a banged-up Philly squad, is not going to be scoreboard-watching, especially when they're playing in, rightly or wrongly, it's been referred to as like one of the worst venues for injuries in the NFL, Giant Stadium. And if, Remember, they changed the turf this year, right? Yes, but I think the narrative is still out there mm-hmm. that it is a very injury-prone place, and should Dallas get up by... Oh, 28 to 7, etc. It would not surprise me if this game was no longer priority for the Eagles. And that's really my handicap. I think, you know, I, I've got some connections in Philly. Now, this shocked me. The GM actually said they are seriously considering not playing some starters. Now, I didn't believe this mm-hmm. because in the history of I the do. NFL, in the history of the NFL, I'm 60. I don't ever remember a team that is alive for a division title sitting starters. Not a one. But 
I could absolutely see if Dallas gets up big that um, the Eagles go ahead and make a business decision in this game. The GM saying that, though, tells you that they're closer to making that decision than some teams may be, mm-hmm. meaning the decision yes. to pull someone yep. based on the school. And he did not make it publicly. I actually know someone who knows him. So here's Nick Sirianni's uh, quote. Obviously, we always try to think through everything at all times, and we are always thinking about those things. We're going to do whatever we need wait, to wait, do wait, to wait, win back the up game. A we try to think about everything. We try to think. And, this is Nick Sirianni's yeah, but quote. Hold on. And, he, and we're obviously thinking of those things. Yes, everything. Referring to the resting guys. To everything. Quote, we're going to do whatever we need to do to win this game, but still, mm-hmm. that's a consideration because we think through all those different things. Meaning, I think... Exactly like Fez said, it's going to be scoreboard watching when they get into the locker room at half. And if they see Dallas is up multiple scores, I don't think the starters come out in the second half. The Giants are also, we know they play hard on the Brian table. The offense looked good last week with Tyrod Taylor. They moved the ball well against Philly when Tyrod was in the game. And they're hot right now, 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six games. Meanwhile, Philadelphia has lost five straight ATS. So I like the Giants here. And... All right, so let me ask this question. Mm-hmm. I love parlay, correlated parlays in this situation. What do you think about Dallas' first half with love the it. Giants? Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Makes a lot of sense. Dallas currently laying seven. I've already been looking at that. So <laughs> Dallas minus seven parlayed to uh, the Giants makes a ton of sense. Giants for the game. Yes. If, you, if any book let you do it. An alternative first half of Dallas minus 13. I don't know if they have such a thing that you can parlay. Well, what about would make tons of sense. Dallas first half, Giants second half. Giants second half. Yes, oh, if available. Oh. So Giants plus three and a half for the second half. Even better. And then Dallas, if yeah, you, I like you that seven for the first half. Because the theory is, once Dallas is up big at half, Philly doesn't come but, out for the second half. But so let's face do. it, it's not even necessary because maybe I'm wrong here. I might be wrong. I don't think that the bookie is going to be smart enough to not deal this game live and certainly not to deal second-half line on the Phil game. You know what? They might fix it for the halftime. For the, at halftime, mm-hmm. they might say, ooh, Dallas is up 17. We're going to deal. We're going to have to make a big adjustment, but not in the second quarter during live wait. Can you, can, we, can you super same-game parlay that and see what it does? Same-game parlay or just the, just well, the two? Well, I guess it's a same-game parlay plus, right? Well, no, it's but, just we're just, just, just do Dallas first mm-hmm. half, yeah, and then uh, minus seven and a half of the first half for the Cowboys at plus one hundred two, Giants plus three and a half of the second half right yeah. now at minus one twenty two plus two sixty seven. So I it's like giving, that. It's giving you a normal payout. Yeah, I like I, that. I like a lot. that. In fact, that's. That's that's getting the center. It seems that like is our, that should be our DraftKings core parlay of the of, of, <laughs> I, I of think the pod because so, yeah. we're going to do something. We have to do something different, right? So, yeah, because there's no Thursday. I like that. No, it's brilliant. I love Cowboys it. first half. Where's the dream music? Somebody right. give me some With RJ dream music. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> what are you? What are you hepped up on? <laughs> I'm, 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 I got I got hundreds of thousands of dollars in play this week in multiple contests. Relax, relax. And now you got another chunk on this. Ba- I like this. Um, so yeah. So, but again, we can you know obviously shop it and try to get to seven. Mm-hmm. Obviously, All and right. if you for whatever reason like the oppo side, you certainly now my power ratings don't support it. But if you like Washington first half plus seven, then you could go ahead and bet Philadelphia mm. if you want to go the other. Oh, way. That's interesting. Yeah. So AJ has a five way, right? Yep. But we've yet to hear from him. Like, go ahead. Buddy. Yeah, people have been clamoring for Marcus Mariota to to start a week so Jalen Hurts could get healthy. What time makes better sense than right now? It would take the Cowboys losing as double digit favorites, two touchdown favorites, 
for the Eagles for this game to matter. And I don't think it does. I think more important for the Eagles is Jalen Hurts being healthy for the playoffs. The wear and tear on him is, is obvious. The, as the season's gone on, he's not been as effective. I think there's some key guys on the defense who would be more effective if they got a week off at this point. And then, like Fez said, I mean, on top of just the the, the idea that they may not play these guys, the Eagles have been bad lately. A.J. Brown's unhappy. He's bitching about how he's being used. There's guys on the defense complaining about how they're being used. The first seven weeks of the season, Philly outgained their opponents by just under 100 yards per game. Since then, they are minus 68 yards per game. They've only won the yardage battle twice. I mean, you mentioned they lost four of their last five, and the, the one that they lost, they, or the one that they won, they could have easily lost to the Giants if Tyrod Taylor played that whole game. Uh, I just think this Eagles team right now is an average team. And they and, lost with the 100-yard pick defensive score yep. last week and, as a 12-and-a-half as, as a point favorite. And that this, doesn't happen very often. And this is another example of what I've been saying it all year, and this has been, really worked for me all year. Don't lay no, numbers with average teams week. on the road. Not last week. Well, I didn't lay, I didn't lay uh, numbers with average teams on the road. I'm not going to do it now. So uh, Giants plus five, best bet. Okay, a few things. One, this shocks me. And what Dayball is doing, someone's got to figure out. So I, I decided I wanted to see the last three weeks EPA. And what I did was I said, all right, half EPA, half success rate, take the mean. Okay. The Giants on offense are number 32. The Giants on defense are number 29. And, I mean, this has been a good run for them. Five and one ATS the last six. <laughs> I, I, and, I mean, now, and now they've got a big upgrade at quarterback. Big upgrade. Yeah. But Philly, number five on offense during that period, 23 on D, but not as bad, it would seem, as some people would think. I'm not saying it goes against the pick. I will say this, and this is back to the whole day ball thing. I don't know how he has got them winning any games. If you actually look at the underlying stats – some of them, a lot of them say the Giants are the worst team in the NFL. The worst. Worse in Carolina. Like, if you look at it, they're number 32. So, first down differential, they're number 32. Right? They're, they're a down 5.5 first downs a game. They get out first down by five and a half. Number, team number 31, it's only three and a half. So, it's like there's a big distance with the Giants. And they're last in your favorite stat, Fez, net yards per play. Minus 1.3. That's the worst, right? Yes. I mean, so this is in some ways the worst team in the NFL. They've been no better in the last three weeks statistically, but somehow they win a lot of ga- They win or stay close in a lot of games. I don't know. What, I mean, any ideas of what? Bel- Belichickian, you know? It's it like is. they're always outperforming slightly the stats. I will say this that they're last in the league. But there's like no really. I know Carolina only won two games. There's no really bad teams this year in the NFL. Like there have been in prior years. Like this is this my lowest rated team right now is Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're only seven points worse than an average team. So there's like that's like two points better than typical. Yeah. Oh, last year I think it was the Giants finished minus twelve and a half <laughs> as far as their rating. Well, like yeah. think think about the Giants. They have five wins this year, but the Bills game was a game that they should have won mm-hmm. and they botched it with the plays at the mm-hmm. goal line, right? The Jets game was one they absolutely should have won and botched that. And then last week, missing the field goal, they should have won that game. This could be an eight-win team right now fighting for the playoffs. No, uh, and, and it's what they did last year. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating, too, with these Eagles, because the Eagles had the best record in the NFL forever, basically most of the season. 
They still haven't gotten there on their season win number. It was 11 and a half. They, they're stuck. They're on 11. That's so, um, and, and one thing, too, I wanted to mention real quick as an aside, because we talk about the, these alternative season win numbers mm-hmm. and how a lot of guys were like the inherent volatility. You want to play you know, and give up a game or give up two games and get a better payout. That was a disastrous strategy this year. There is a whole bunch and bunch of NFL teams that are on their number, winning by half, losing by half, still to be decided going into Week 17. So our bets, uh, Green Bay has cashed. Winner. Over. Over 7.5. Tennessee under. Tennessee under 7.5. We bet that during the season. Yes. I'm a little worried about the AFC-NFC. Though I guess oh, we'll be I'm fine. We're good. we got revenge now. We'll play Baltimore, but San Fran's going to play Baltimore. I tell you game. this, though. If San Fran doesn't make it, the second-best team in the NFC, I don't want to go against the second-best team in the AFC. No doubt. No doubt. But I tell you this, sneaky home field edge. San Fran in Vegas, there's mm. going to be a bunch of 49er fans at that game. Real quick, last thing on the Eagles. I think the leading indicator to me that they weren't near as good, and I'm talking six weeks ago, was looking at this first-half Margin. Yes, right? this year versus last year, especially. This year, they they are literally 0.07 points up uh, margin at the half. So uh, literally, we're talking about. I mean, it's they're even. Like first half, second half, their net margin is pretty much even. They have a small, small one point. I think it is edge. So what I did was I said, okay, how many times is a team up by 10 or more than 10? How many times are they down by more than 10? And then the same thing, seven to 10. And then I take uh, a little algorithm, not an algorithm, a little calculation. And the Eagles are 16th right now in this saying, how good are these teams? Now I'm going to read like the top 10 Fez. Tell me if, if anything's way off of your power ratings. This is just by going by this one little calculation formula. Ravens, 49ers, Cowboys, Bills. Check, check, check. Lions. Check. Chiefs. Check. Dolphins. Check. Browns. Check. Rams. Check. Texans. Those are my top ten other than Philly. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> think about that. Is That is exactly, and I in no way reverse engineered that, and Eagles are 16th. So it does tell you the Eagles are probably still a little overrated. Yes. By the way, the Bears are 11th. Bears have been playing that, that's very a ju- well. That's a jump up, too. Yeah. Speaking of playing well, how's your Arizona season wins doing? Oh, it's fine. I, I, you, you, every one of them was under four and a half. You didn't have eight? Because it I, went to three I had, and a half. I had, I had a few under four plus monies, but, 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 but every one of them was under four and a half. And I just, I got to be honest, I, I, I like Arizona this week. I played Arizona plus three. And I'm like, I, I'm going to scoop it. If Arizona's going to lose this game by one, two, or three. We're talking about what a great opportunity was for me to. And this, this is, you know, pulling back the curtain. As a pro batter, you love situations like this where you're like, well, I had a sure winner in Arizona under four and a half, and now it's dicey, right? I could lose, but now I like Arizona this week, and they were catching three, and I was like, I can bet like double, triple what I normally bet because I got my balls bet on Arizona under four and a half, so I can take that plus three for twice as much a bet I'd make anyways, and so now I've got a rock-solid situation middle. No, your ability, I mean, I'm not in the same universe when it comes to that kind of stuff, and I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's fascinating, and you know, we've been talking about doing a book. That's the kind of thing it doesn't hurt. You know, it's one thing to give away stuff that hurts you, that, that's very, you know, like um, uh, beyond counting, 
right? I'm not sure. What, gross Gene, is that how you say James that? Gross Gene, yeah. Yeah, so this is the most advanced uh, advantage playbook ever written, right? The, the, the second one. Uh, yeah, I don't have the second one. I just have yeah. the first one. And, and just one nugget, for instance, he had a big six wheel where he got to spin the wheel. They let him on casino spin the wheel. And so he was very good at spinning at exactly three and a half or, or, or five and a half rotations so it would land on the jackpot he was going for. So, so he was giving away stuff that could then get gobbled up that he wouldn't take advantage of. He wouldn't be able to take advantage of. Do you have any idea what the rationale was for him to give all that stuff away? Because he he was selling the books for like a th- like very expensive, but he wasn't making near enough. I, th- money. I think what happened is that he'd been identified pretty much by all of Nevada already. Oh, okay. By example, in the Blackjack Players Forum, he's on the cover—not uh, him, but a you know a, a cartoon picture of him. And he said a funny thing happened to me on the way to the forum shops, and he got like backroomed and, and detained at Caesar's Palace well, for like a big arrested. Yeah, there. exactly. But, but but what I'm saying is, but. He's known in a way that he can't pl- he can't go play like any games. Oh, I'm sure he can't. All right. Yeah. So I guess my thought is, and I mean, I'm just trying to work on your greed here for a second. Is correct me if I'm wrong. Something like teaching people and writing it in in a real profession. You know, like again, if if we, if I got involved in a book, it would certainly be something where we had a major publisher. I know that a lot of people think, oh, you can self publish these days, and I'm, you can. But to me, a big nice thing about a book is the publicity you can get with it, the attention you can get, especially if it's good, right? That's the whole assumption. That wouldn't hurt you at all. No, not at all. And just even things like hedging, there's it, it's there's a bunch of stuff counterintuitive about how much mm-hmm. you should hedge on hedge That's bets. what I'm saying is yeah. it seems like there's some like gross gene, and maybe in that case it wouldn't be a big publisher because it'd be very niche in a way. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. All right, so you want to make it official for us, AJ? Yeah, that is my five weight, Fezzik's five weight, and Scott's one weight on the New York Giants plus five. Boy, Scott came out hot with the, only having a one weight there. He did. He just he, plowed Scott right has, over Scott me. has some really strong opinions this But week. I went 0 and 5. He's like, AJ's not talking a second. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, Plus, I do very well on my twos and ones. We know that. <laughs> now, you, one of your favorite things, uh, Scott, is the, the end of the year, the last week, is the incentives. The idea that a mm-hmm. contract incentive. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like someone uh, someone's rubbing another man's rhubarb. Yeah, it's not. It's not just. Uh, it, it's it's the idea now Batman. that never heard that. In Batman, the original Batman, Jack Nicholson, R- rubbing another man's rhubarb. Remember, you've seen the original. Of course. Batman. I mean, I have too, but I don't remember oh, that. Well, think about don't it. Don't forget your lucky hat. <laughs> <laughs> that was gross. <laughs> don't ever do that again. It, it was Nicholson was there with. Um, uh, Kim Bassinger, uh-huh. right? Who was like the the one everyone was at? It was Vicky Vale, was her yep. name. At one point, they go, "Who's that?" They go, "That's Vicky Vale." And Nicholson goes, "She's about to trade up." <laughs> <laughs> but but um, but 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 he comes in and, and and it's when the Joker shoots him and he has like the uh, it's the time he says, "You ever dance with the devil by the pale moonlight?" Uh-huh. But at the beginning of it, he goes, "Remember, don't rub another man's rhubarb." And then he shoots. <laughs> so, uh, with. Uh, Every content creator this week is talking about the contract incentives. The problem is you can't bet them. There's no prop bets anywhere across any sports book. And I've tracked it all down today. There's very few even up for Saturday's games. Now, some players might get released on... Now, Saturday's earlier, so the yes. assumption is it's coming out. So there might be some props for Sunday's games. But I'll give you an example. Dalton Schultz is the Texans' tight end. 
He needs six catches to reach his $250,000 bonus. Mm -hmm. He's at 54 receptions. He gets a bonus at 60 receptions. He's had six catches in just three games this year. It's not like – it's very unlikely he's going to get six catches. He's played 14 Well, unless games. they feed it to him. I think they care more about winning the game and making yeah, the playoffs. There's a chance he might be than, up by Sure, 14. or down by a lot and they're feeding him. Yeah. Either way, right now you can go and look at props for the Texans and Colts game, and you'll see some props, some yardage props. You can even bet a Dalton Schultz over 42.5 receiving yards prop. There is zero reception props for Dalton Schultz. The tight end of the Texans. So, and everyone else is up. Everyone yes. else is up. So, Fez, I, I thought I was very skeptical because one of the things you've always believed is the books don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out, oh, this game's gone over 11 straight. This this umpire's gone over 11. They just let the batters shape it up. They exactly. Put up, they throw they throw their season-long averages, and it's cost of doing business that people bet the Schultz over the four and a half against them. Or the median, typically. Right? Yeah, okay. Right. So what do you think's going on here? This guy jumped the gun. He, he's the, he, he basically is an unpaid consultant for the sports books, helping yeah, them set but, better numbers. But that presupposes the sports books are listening. You know what I think it may be? I don't know because uh, one sports book commented on his video. Like, okay, and well, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter if eighty percent of the sports books are listening or not. All it takes is one sports book that goes is first to market to be listening to him. To well, put apparently the there's, right no number. Mar- there's no market. Exactly. But there's the first no but, but all it takes is for the the first book to put up their numbers to listen to him, and then everyone's gonna copy their numbers, not even knowing why Schultz is so high. Okay, so here's what I proposed. So six is what was necessary for six got him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they put it up at seven and a half. Higher higher by you know, a lot of people would say, I'm a value player, I'm going under. A lot of people would say, hey, if you would say, if we assume he goes over six, what's the odds that he doesn't get to, you know, eight? And then that's a calculate. But, boy, it seems like they could generate action instead of no, sure. no and, action. Sure, and I do think that you talk about something that is not a normal tale of a distribution. Like, I would love to bet, will he get exactly six? Because it's way, way higher in this game than any other game mm-hmm. in, uh, that he will ever play is the rest of his career. But in a weird way... Maybe what they should also do is keep put it up at six, and make it a hundred dollar limit. Yeah, and exactly. all of a sudden it acts it acts as a lead generator. Yeah, I mean there's so so many things they can do rather than say now nah, we mm-hmm. won't put it up. Now what you could bet, and and this is what the books do, and as you mentioned, like putting a prop up at seven and a half when the guy needs six catches. Mm-hmm. So Devin Singletary, the running back of the Houston Texans, has one thousand and twenty six scrimmage yards. He gets a $250,000 bonus if he hits 1,100 scrimmage yards. So that's 74. Right now, up on the DraftKings Sportsbook, Devin Singletary's rushing plus, plus receiving yardage prop, 80 and a half. Okay, okay. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to suggest. Throughout the show, when, when there's something appropriate, even if the odds aren't up yet, you can mm-hmm. identify sure. this. And then what I think we do is you tweet it out, and I'll do the same thing I'm doing for Fez. I'll give it a retweet. And um, but what I'm saying is, come Saturday. Yeah, only if it's actionable. Only yeah, if there's something the you can actually stuff. bet on. But yes. obviously, these are much better to bet if the team has no um, um, incentive to win the game. Yes, and we'll get to that because for the Titans game, there actually is two bets, maybe even three, that I think are really sound bets based on a contract incentives. None of the props are up yet. Okay. Now, 
based on what's up right now, do you have anyone? Uh, you you mentioned one on Houston. Yeah, I would guess Devin Singletary, the running back. If you you, you can play as over well, rushing we wanna, yards, we don't want to hear you could. Like, do you want to make an official pick on it? No, like, because I right. think they care more about winning the game and making the playoffs than feeding him the ball to make sure he gets his seventy four rushing yards. I think that's probably yeah. right. Yeah. All right, next up, AJ. Next up is Chicago Green Bay. This is RJ's five weight and Fezzik's two weight on the Bears plus three. Hmm. Maybe we should let the picker say it, huh? Okay. Man, he wants to. He wants to give it away. Huh? And and here comes the pick. The Bears plus three. Now, why do I like the Bears? One. The Bears have been playing, and again, we were on this one, Fez. I mean, what's it been? Five weeks ago, I said the Bears' defense is a lot better than people think. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is one that's emerging. I think we have a couple weeks of value. Thank God they didn't. Remember when they almost beat Detroit, but they didn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank goodness they lost that game, so preserve the value. When Detroit got those 12 points like in the final you know, minute, two minutes of the game or whatever it was. Well, I went with Atlanta. I went three and two in the Super Contest, um, but I thought it, uh, Atlanta had a ton of value at three. I, I'm thinking if Atlanta is now getting three against Chicago, wow, how good is Chicago? Well, based upon the first half stuff that we were looking at, they are the uh, shockingly the 11th best team on the season. Now, that's just one perspective, right? It's not the only perspective. But let's look at the last three weeks. Chicago's um, defense, number five in the NFL, number five based upon a hybrid or a blend of EPA and success rate. Only 24 on offense. So not great on offense. Fields, this is the conversation. He's, I mean, I think they're keeping him now, but boy, if he has a disaster. No. If he has a good game, it becomes an easy decision, it seems. So they trade the pick, the number one? I, that's what people are saying. Makes sense, right? The, the because sp- people will play a king's ransom for it. They the, always over, over, over Well, especially with this being you know, a second-tier generational kind of draft with Caleb Williams is you know, probably the—, the big, He and Drake made. Like they're, they're st- yeah, but, uh, I mean, no one's thinking Williams doesn't go first. If, if there's one—also, right. if there's one team in the NFL— that would, you know, not have a problem with the team stacking up its defense like crazy and not have and having a mediocre offense. I mean, the '85 Bears, obviously, you know, the, the second best team in the history of the NFL, and their offense was, was very the mediocre. Uh, the Washington Redskins, the '91 Redskins team. That that's that's according to um, shots. Oh, okay, but that's during the era of football outsiders. Yes, yes. which I think I, I'm not sure. I think that only started in like 90, maybe. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Can you look to see when DVOA, the first year he has it? Yep. So maybe the Niners teams of the 80s or maybe those Dallas teams, one of those? No. No. no you're missing it. 2003? Oh. Pittsburgh? No. Yes. Oh, yeah. The, st- the four Super Bowls in six oh, years? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. The funny thing is their they're better, they're better season, their better team was probably this, the 76. It would have been Super Bowl eleven, but they lost – both the running backs back when Franco and Rocky mm. were out in the playoffs. And they, you know what's funny? You look through, you can see why John Madden hated the Steelers. The Steelers and them went to war, it seemed like, every year in the 70s. Yeah, and the Raiders were, you know, obviously were great. And like, like Houston had a great team. They lost by like 20 to the Steelers in the AFC title game. Yeah, bum Phillips. Bye-bye. Knock the door down. <laughs> yeah, you remember that one. All right, so um, 
I mean, to me on the bear or on the bear's decision, I would think about drafting him and keeping fields. You need mm-hmm. a quarterback really bad. Let him go at it. Right, Steve. I mean, what's the worst? I mean, Steve Young in Montana, mm-hmm. right? Is and again, I'm not saying once, you know, give field. The first year would be um, Williams sitting in theory, right? But let's be honest, Fields gets hurt a good bit, mm-hmm. right? So we see if Fields takes another step because the way he's playing now isn't good enough. If Fields, if this was his plateau, they cannot keep. They could not keep him. Did you say, I feel like you said this a week or two ago, that you think the Bears could get a first-round pick for Justin Fields today? I think more than that today. If you can get, to me, if you can get more than a first-round pick on a guy with two years left on his deal, you take that, and, and you draft your new quarterback. Well, but remember, the stadium was chanting, like, we want Fields. We yeah. want fields. I don't really want a Southern California guy like coming up to, to Chicago. He could, I mean, it could it, be a But is, is Williams from Southern California? I don't know where he's from. Because, I mean, he went to Oklahoma. He was born in D.C. All right. Um, also, if I'm the Bears, I'm sick of losing these guys. I lost week one. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of, of, like, being told I'm owned by them. And now, like, they have a shot at the playoffs. I could knock them out. It's, um, it's the Bears Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. This is analogous to the Lions last year, right? Yes. Remember against Green Bay the last week? It was an emerging team that surged at the end. I mean, Chicago has seven wins. I mean, think about that a second. They, I mean, if they win a couple games early, they're in the playoff hunt right now. So, I, I think. Um, but, but just backing up a second. So think about it. When um, uh, Kansas City drafted Mahomes, mm-hmm. right, and they had uh, Alex Smith, Alex Smith, and they said, first year you're sitting, right, and then at the end. Of, but if that's the uh, scenario here, Fields has one more year to emerge. If he does, you trade Williams, and you get probably almost as much, if not as much, as you would have trading him before the yeah. draft, right? Because there's nothing he will do that will make anyone's going to think badly of, because even if he looks bad, it doesn't matter. It's a rookie year, right? But if somehow Fields doesn't step up, okay, Williams starts next year. Fields, you can be behind him. Maybe you trade him. But like, it's so important to have a quarterback. But I think it's also so important to have a quarterback on his first contract. And that's no, what no, see. that's not true. Okay. Here's what I believe. You can have an an, an above-average quarterback on his first contract and be very good. As it, you can win a Super Bowl that way. Or you got to go up two levels for the post-first contract, meaning it can't just be, you know, it has to be very, very good, however you want to say it, right? So I agree with you. It's a lot easier to find a first contract acceptable level quarterback. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what are the odds that Justin Fields goes up two levels? Like, well, if if he doesn't, then then you want to, then there's no reason to keep him. But I don't. I think his physical skills are right there in the top five in the league. Right? Like, do you think Justin Fields' ceiling is Josh Allen? I don't know how to judge. I know his physical ability is similar. Right, his arm is just, or maybe not just as strong, but his arm's strong enough. They say Justin Field, the film guys say he makes two or three throws a game that only five people in the mm-hmm. league can make. The, the question is, is he going to put it together? Right, and it feels like he's put it together more since he came back from that injury than any time in his career. Right. Yeah. So, but my with my way, what do you risk? I mean, think about it. You, oh, oh, what I was saying was, you risk one year, like you lose one year of. 
Caleb Williams. So mm-hmm. the value is having these guys like on their first contract. Like they did with Mahomes. Right. But the value is now having these guys on their first contract because, I mean, how many Mahomes are there? Like we're talking about the best quarterback well, in the world. But that's what that's still That's still worthwhile after his first contract ends. Most well, guys aren't. Well, I mean, Josh Allen is. Burroughs is. I mean, any top – I mean, Dak is. Right? Any t- is Dak? I mean, yeah. I mean, the, it seems like the conversation on that goes up and down, like it, I mean, year on, by on year. First take, he was going to win the MVP two weeks. Ago. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, on first take, I mean, Dak is an elite quarter. I mean, Dak's a top eight quarterback. Did you think Dak was an elite quarterback two years ago? I don't. I think people, the, the, as soon as he signed his deal, people were like, "Cowboys may have made a mistake here." Well, but because because there's 365 days to talk, and there's only NFL games on, eight, yeah. you know, X, you know, whatever number of them, I. Um, here's the question. What's the last team to win with a rookie quarterback who wasn't worth a second contract? Oh, I don't, I don't think any have the Jets. So with Joe Namath? No, back, so he's talking about who's back, won a back. Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Who's won a Super Bowl with a quarterback? Now Mahomes is back on his rookie deal who didn't end up getting a second deal. The, yeah. the Niners. Oh no, that wasn't worth it. That wasn't clearly worth a second. Well, the deal. Niners almost won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but they, there was one pass they couldn't make. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The Jets back to no, no, games, not, championship games with Mark Sanchez. Not Jimmy G. Not, was, no, not the Jimmy G. The um, I forgot forgot his name. The guy did, out of the league. Did Joe Flacco be, or Colin Kaepernick? Oh, Ka- Kaepernick. Yeah. Did Joe Flacco right. become worth his second contract? Um, I, I think he's worth it now more than. <laughs> Yeah, more than he was with his Let's be game. honest. I, I, how many times have I told people how good Flacco was? You have, but if Flacco hadn't won that Super Bowl, like there was real questions about whether the Ravens were going to well, re-sign him. There was questions about for how much he became the number, yeah. the most signed or the most highest paid guy in the NFL after that. He was going to be the fifth or seventh well, highest. That's pay- the rub. It's all these guys. It's like it's not the Dak isn't like maybe he's the fifth best quarterback. Maybe he's the twelfth best. Of course he's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's just if I pay him the highest of any quarterback, then then I'm I'm in trouble. But Does my- the Carson Wentz. Nick Foles Eagles count as winning with a quarterback that doesn't deserve a second no. contract? No, I think it does actually. I think that's the exception to yeah. all the rules, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, they didn't win like in the early 2000s with, with um, McNabb. Mc, well, no, because they didn't win with McNabb, but with um, Michael Vick. They didn't win with Vic. I'm talking. Oh, you're talking about when they did Super win? Super Bowl win. I'm talking about Baltimore had uh, the guy that's the coach now. What's his name? Uh, the quarterback. Dilfer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dilfer and then uh, Brad Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those were two guys that had, were game managers that won. But remember, Brady and, and after 2005, passing just stepped up. Everything another. changed. Yeah. yeah. And since then, Foles is like the one exception. Yeah. But the funny thing was, he played a monster game. It was probably one of the five best Super Bowls yeah. ever by a quarterback. And, and the argument, what Carson Wentz before he got hurt was uh, the MVP. MVP. Yeah. 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 So, so, last thing, AJ, on this is. Do you see my point saying we're saying we got to get the guy? We, 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 he may not be worth a second contract, but we got to take advantage of the first. Well, I'm saying the people that aren't worth a second aren't good enough to get you to the Super Bowl. They might get you to the playoffs, but they, I don't think they're going to get. So I think you got to roll the dice as many times as you can to get that elite person. I agree, but that's also like I, I just think that with the Fields thing, only having what two years left on his mm-hmm. rookie contract. If I could get a first rounder and use that on another roll at the dice, I'd do it because I think the likelihood. So you're going to draft a quarterback number one, 
And then draft another quarterback? No, I mean, but do the Bears have needs besides quarterback? I would say they yeah. have many. Yeah, so, but now you only have one quarterback then. Right. And, and you didn't finish your role with Fields. You rolled and the dices are tumbling, and then you sell your, your role. But you know what? That's fine because I got another yeah. pick I used on another player that can help me, and if I've got to use a first-round pick in two years, that's fine. But I, I, think, I think having two first-round picks on your roster that are two years apart – like I don't know, I don't see the two upside year, compared. Two years to, apart, I, it's a fourth year with a first year guy, right? Uh, he'd be, yeah, he'd be going to his fourth year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm saying with one guy's got, you're you're running out of time to sell Justin Fields. Is my thought. If I can sell the last two years of Justin Fields for a fresh six on a different quarterback, I don't see how you don't do that. Well, I mean, I would make a major bet they're going to keep him. So, I, I mean, I don't watch film to the degree. I just listen to what film people say, and they a lot of people think Fields has a real chance. I mean, j- listen, it's one year later, but Josh Allen was the exact same conversation, meaning I, his first two years, it was like this guy is a, I mean, it, you know, a bust pretty much. In year three, he had a monster year. Now, Fields had year three, and he's improved. You know, I don't know. Um if it was a Daniel Jones situation and you had to sign him, I, I would be a lot more hesitant. Hesitant, But you got two more years because you get him now for like, what is it, like $32 million for two years. Like you're paying like effectively $15 million to have two more mm-hmm. years of fields. Backup quarterbacks cost, good ones cost 10 Yeah. Right? So uh, it's, it's going to be an exciting offseason. Straight out of Vegas AM, we'll be talking. He'll be anti-Fields. You've been anti-Fields for a long time. I have, but Fields is on my uh, my team of quarterbacks that we drafted also. How's his stats? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know where he fits into the, uh, the, the mix. Yeah. I would say not real great. Probably not. <laughs> He's still on potential. I think that one of the things Fez said is the Bears are tired of hearing that the Packers own them, except the Packers own them. Like, does that not worry you at all? The Packers have won and covered nine straight in this series, 24 of the last 27 what, in this what, series. But, what, what but the Bears have sucked and the Packers have been good. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. The, the, the Green Bay defense is has somehow been masked here. And they're injured, RJ. Uh, they're all banged up. And I mean, some of them have head injuries. I think the cornerback going out there. Suspended, yeah. <laughs> well, for the one game, I think. But, I mean, you, you look at that, that's one of the crazier stories I've ever heard. And, and apparently what they're saying now is there's no proof he's from Carolina. That somehow that people research it and there's like hmm. no, people <laughs> saying it's like, he, that's not even true. And I don't know, but that's pretty crazy, huh? But uh, why is everyone like all clammed up now? Like, every, <laughs> like people was worried to say anything or about – where the guy's from? He went to high school in North Carolina. I mean, the, the whole news. There's a whole news story about the cornerback from Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have anything to say about it. I I don't know. I did. We discussed. I didn't know that they had said that he wasn't from Charlotte. Now you just heard. Well, I don't know what to say about that. I've got no idea what the what maybe the truth say. Of wow, that is. is that wow? That's wow. That I mean, was, do you know for a fact that it's one way or the other? No, but I know people are saying that. I think it was John Middlecoff said it. He said, and as of now, well, maybe look it up. Yep. Maybe look it up. All right. 
it's kind of tough when you have to like get the other guy's attention. I heard he impersonated a captain, and and like I wasn't up on the on the story because I was sick, and I was like he was pretending to be a police officer. What? What? That's funny. No, he wandered. He just wandered out, like not even with the captains, but kind of off to the side. Walks up and decides to call the flip, and then he and it's the classic. Okay. You defer, right? Yeah. He goes, we want to play defense, right? Yeah. What he said. So, All right, defense it is. <laughs> well, the, the, the ref knew, though, because the, the coaches talked to the refs before the game, yeah. so the ref knew that LaFleur wants mm. to defer. So did so the Lions talk. So he corrected him. Uh, you, mean, you mean defer, right? <laughs> like, yes, defer, defer. Jair Alexander went to high school in Mint Hill, North Carolina, which is suburban Charlotte. Allegedly. Allegedly? <laughs> Where did you get that from? Wikipedia. Whoa, whoa, that would be uh, that would be great when they introduce the players from whereabouts unknown. See, see if you Zaire can find Alexander. now that you got the name of the high school. See if you can find it anywhere else that, that, that right. did an original reporting on it. Because I'm guessing it might have been one of his buddy. Can, check to see who put that. You know, you can see who edited every, citation by Jay Alexander last week. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, last thing on this. Oh, I had one more thing on Chicago. So, Faz, you didn't talk – I mean, this is a pick of yours. You want to finish your couple last things? Well, on? I talked about the Bears being tired of being owned by Green Bay. They got whacked around week one. And power rating loves the play. I, I mean, Green Bay has a real good home field advantage, but they're in division where home field is worth less. I mean, Chicago's used to playing in Green Bay. And I only have the Packers a half point better. I cannot get to three on this game. I agree. And um, the Bears, this is fascinating. Guess where they are in ATS margin on the season? So it's like how many points above or below on the season their aggregate plus points. four per game. Um, but where do, where are they ranked? One to uh, thirty-two. Uh, third. They're sixth. Okay. I mean, but again, there's no sense the Bears had a monster betting season. No. But they're sixth in ATS margin, and their offense has been better than their defense. When it comes to expectations. Now that I, you could win a bar bet with. Yeah. And um, and then you flip over to Green Bay a second, and you think about how bad this defense is. Let's just look the last few weeks. 24th on defense. And they got a gimme against Minnesota because Hall couldn't play a lick. I watched that game. Oh, that yeah. was all bad quarterback play. Everyone and his brother had over like 25 rushing yards. He didn't get it, right? Um, I don't know. No, because he had like two rushing yards <laughs> at halftime. Any confirmation? Yeah, uh, he had his number retired at the high school. Well, why would Middlecoff say? Because Middlecoff's a liar. You trusted no, him over me. No, no. Mm. Well, first off, you had no comment. So what was I supposed to? Th- you trusted him blindly. I was. No, I said no, no, no. I said, hey, people are saying, and then. I said, look it up, AJ. I'm, you look up and go. The reason I didn't say anything. Rub the, the sleep from his eye, your eyes and go, huh? What? <laughs> I didn't say anything because it was nonsensical. It didn't make sense that maybe he didn't go to the high school that he said he, or didn't go to school in the place he said. It really he doesn't. Like, why would he lie about that? It's not. It's something that's easy to find. Maybe he had a cousin there or something, and he and he spent a summer there once. Yeah. Right. But again, I was very careful not to say I knew it to be the case. I I have to check it three times before <laughs> I'm willing to do that. All right. I like this play a lot, and I do think that the idea of uh, the analogy of Detroit last year in the same spot against Green Bay, I think it, it it's strong. All right, what's up next? Uh, that is RJ's five weight on the Bears and Fez's two weight on the Bears. Next up is Scott's five weight 
And Fez's four weight, it's in the Denver Raiders game. And by the way, it's the Raiders. Oh, um, <laughs> minus two and a half, minus two and a half in the contest. This is one of my favorite plays of the entire season. And when you have two teams that are eliminated from playoff contention, you look at motivation for both of these teams. And one team is motivated while the other team is not. The motivated team here is the Las Vegas Raiders. Why? They are playing for Antonio Pierce to become their head coach. Mm -hmm. Devontae Adams was quoted this week as saying, quote, it's obviously who I want. That's my vote, and I've been vocal about that. That's basically how the whole locker room feels, and with good reason. He's come in and done a great job. He's continued to win us over. It's not just the comfortable thing. I think having AP here will be good for this organization. He kind of embodies what it means to be a Raider, that mentality, that swag, all the things he endorses is the things I believe in. And when Antonio Pierce was asked about his, you know, petition to get the job, his response was, my resume is on the grass, end quote. Meaning, the results on the field is what he wants to be his resume to get the job. Mass motivation for the Raiders players and for their coach to win this football game against the Broncos. That seems to be diminishing his main asset, which is the players are behind him. And he's saying, it doesn't matter if they're behind me. But they are behind. But he's him. saying the results, like it, the the way that the players play the game, is his resume. I, I love the way this is setting up. Also, in that power rating wise, I, I like the Raiders. I got the Raiders three points better than Denver with Stidham. So whoa, whoa, whoa! What kind of downgrade did you make between Russell Wilson and Stidham? I made a three point downgrade. That's oh my gosh, that's too much. Didn't well, we... I had Wilson as an average quarterback, a zero, and mm-hmm. I had Stidham three points worse. And where do you have Aiden O'Connell? He's like three points worse. Stidham. Aiden O'Connell is so much worse than Jarrett Stidham. Yeah, I agree like, with that. So much worse. It, you're, you're right. I actually have uh, – let me, let me, I'm doing this from memory, but you're, I know I've got O'Connell worse. Uh, I got O'Connell a minus three and a half, and I got him Stidham a three, a minus three. So, okay, maybe I've got Stidham um, – Yeah, I think it, maybe he's a two. But let me ask you this. Did we see anything from Denver last week? No, I looked at I, I looked at the box score that, that, that makes us think they're they're not trying hard. It was oh, my... uh, they're the, I I thought they showed effort, but when I, I I actually watched the game, I said, oh, that was Denver deserved to cover, and I looked at the underlying stats and the unimpressive, very evenly played game across the board. Well, Sean, against, but here's the thing: I guess a terrible team. Sean Payton. Well, they were only laying three. Yeah. I mean, Sean Payton is very motivated to make Stidham look good, mm. right? So to me, even if the rest of the team doesn't like Stidham, or first of all, we know they didn't like Russell Wilson all that much. So I think both I'm, – I'm not saying the Raiders are a bad play. I'm saying I don't get the big advantage in motivation. I, I like the home field advantage also. So the Raiders have had tons of games this year where the stadium got taken over by the, mm-hmm. the opposing fans. Believe me, there's not going to be this um, exodus from Denver for Denver fans to come support their team in a game that means nothing to them. And the last time this happened was when the Raiders hosted the Chargers and they won by a zillion, you know, where they finally got a home field advantage in their um, in their home crib. So that so the the 66 points you think the home crowd rooted that on? It certainly didn't hurt. They only would have won by 50 without it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm a little worried about this play myself. Um, I mean, because if you really look at it, O'Connell has been maybe the worst. Co- I mean, is he better or worse than DeVito? Oh, he's way better than DeVito. DeVito's I don't think horrendous. So. I don't think so. I don't know. 
Um, let's just look at the stats here. So we've got uh, the Raiders, LV. All right. Uh-huh. 16th on offense the last three. Ninth on defense. Their defense is... Imp- and you identified that before anyone. Like, you talked about how much better the Raiders' D was playing mm. um, on numerous games. Well, remember, the offensive numbers are a bit inflated because of that Chargers uh, game. That's a good point. Well, but they put it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, you hear you think Stick is going to will be competition? You think? No, can't? I, I, I think that I think Herbert can sleep well at night. Sean Payton is a great coach. I'll tell you that. Denver number thirty-one in net yards. Just look at net yards on the season. Yeah, their th- stats are lousy, but somehow he keeps them in the game. That, that's why I have Denver rated. I got them five points worse than an average team. The underlying stats are that they're as bad as Washington. You oh know. God! I you, mean, yeah. You think I, I see? That's wild. I, I don't would, think that can be. But they're true. both. They and Washington are both minus point eight yards per play. I mean, they, and and now they've got a massive down. A yeah, big but one, one has one of the five best coaches in football, and the other one. Well, it's all baked into the number. I see what you're saying. Game situations. Is yeah, I mean that's yeah, the whole. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, how did how in the heck did Sean Payton get them to five hundred? Right. I mean, they mm-hmm. were in the playoff hunt. So uh, again, I'm not the thing that makes me like your play is the all the Russell Wilson talk about the contract. Mm-hmm. So you guys, I'm sure heard were apparently right mm-hmm. after they beat Kansas City. You want to tell this story? Yeah, they basically wanted Russell to restructure his deal. Well, well it, it wasn't even restructure. They wanted him to just uh, sign away the, the injury guarantee. Yeah, yeah, and they weren't offering anything mm-hmm. in return. And like he knew that if he wouldn't do that, they were going to sit him. That was well, cool. that was the hint, yes. right? Is we're going to mm-hmm. sit you. Mm-hmm. So I mean, a lot, the union's mad, a lot, but you you can't think those players. You got the Waltons that came in; they're new, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you hear about strong arm tactics. I, I I think I could be demoralizing for the team. Yeah, you little, know what? Maybe some Raiders players want to get some licks on you know the former backup quarterback from last year, Jared Stidham. Hmm. You know, One going up I against just... them in practice every day, knowing his tendencies. One thing That's I don't like. Action. Season opened up at one of the ugliest games of the year, and the Raiders did win by one in Denver. So I never liked that when two teams are pretty much comparable to each other. And I, all things being equal, I like revenge doesn't mean much in the NFL, but I do think in these division games, you know, so revenge is within the same year. I don't like backing the team that won the first game again. It's fascinating. I actually watched the replay of that game. I mean, back in really? week one, it was it was one of the like if you look at the box score, they, there was like seven drives each. It was like every drive was very methodical. I tell you, Raiders got in that game. They got lucky to win sure. that one. Um, Ugly but, game, but I but I still remember. I had Denver the next week against Washington, laying three or three and a half. No dice. Yeah. All right. I think maybe the idea that the the Raiders are way better now with Antonio Pierce or playing way harder. Or well, I think they're playing way harder. That's for sure. Especially at the end of the year with all the questions about motivation that a, a team that's not in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Naturally. I mean, but McDaniel's went three and five. Pierce is four and four, and three of those four wins came against Zach Wilson, well, but remember, Tommy he, DeVito, and Easton Stick. But he had his uh, for most of the year. 
they had their starting quarterback, Jimmy yeah. G, and now they've got a backup quarterback. I think so you going could, four and four. I, 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 I think you have to make the four, case. Potential to go five and four with Aiden O'Connell versus three and five with Jimmy Garoppolo. That, yeah. that of, of all the teams eliminated from the playoffs, mm-hmm. there's no question the Raiders are the most motivated, right? I would think so, yeah. I would yeah think listen, so. they made a mistake not giving Rich Passaccia the job after he took over for Gruden mm-hmm. and and led them to a to, to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Still, people talk about that to this day, like question mark Dave, to the point where Basaccia's name is actually being brought up as a potential coach hmm. next year because they should have hired him the first time. I don't think Mark Davis wants to make that same mistake. If the players want Antonio Pierce, Antonio Pierce might get this job. Plus, they can get him at a discount. Of course. I don't think Mark Davis cares. Remember, Devontae Adams came to the Raiders to play with, with Derek Carr, mm-hmm. and a year later, Derek Carr's ass was out of town. Like, I don't think Mark Davis really cares what the players think. No, I think he cares what the players think more than any other owner. I mean, because it feels like he's very, I mean, apparently the firing of McDaniels, that was unexpected. No one expected him to be fired that soon. Right? What, what were they, three and five? Three and five, yep. Yeah, I mean, in year two? I mean, that, you know, I mean, remember, the coach tried to get him away from New England. They He took the job, went back. Yeah. I mean, he was a desirable coach. I mean, he, it didn't work out. I, um... I think Davis doesn't. I mean, he let, let's be candid. He's a second generation. His dad was a Hall of Famer, a true. I mean, think about Al Davis is he was a coach for years. He knew football very well. And you know, Mike Lombardi, who worked with you know uh, Al Davis, worked with Bill Walsh, worked obviously with um, Belichick. He seems that he probably talks more glowingly about. Al Davis than he does about, you know, I mean, Belichick's Belichick, but he talks more glowingly about Al Davis than he does um, uh, Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. I was thinking Joe Walsh for a second after I just said Bill, uh, a <laughs> little guitar player. Yeah. But um, Maserati does 195. <laughs> is that I can't drive? Well, I lost no. my license. There you go. Now I can't drive. Uh, but <laughs> that, that, that was one of the worst. I don't know if that you know the only song that bad is the Bad Company song. Oh, I like that song. Shooting Star. <laughs> no, I like Shooting oh, Star. Oh, Shooting Star is like one of my favorites. But I love, I also love that song. Life's been good. Okay, but what, I love Joe Walsh in general. But dude. let's think of Bad Company for a sec. Okay. Um, Underrated band, in my opinion. Oh my God, the one that goes, uh, "I want to be." What's that? Feel like making. Oh my God, that's feel like, like making love. That was so bad. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, oh, good stuff. But they also had a song called "Bad Company." Well, that that's a great song, that's though. Great that I like the chorus, yeah. you know, because that guy could sing. He was in a band called. Uh, what was the name of that? It was All Right Now was the the song. Um, like he, him and Robert Plant were like competitors. What was the name? I, I think actually he went and sang with The Firm, if I'm not mistaken, which was Jimmy Page's band after Zeppelin. This is some, Free. Free. Okay, right. yeah, yep. yeah. And what, what's the singer's name? Paul Rogers. Yeah, and was he with Paul Rogers with The Firm? Yeah. After okay. after Bad Company. Mm-hmm. Well, after Zeppelin. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so you like you would like if if somehow we had a music playing and we were off air and I want to be or um I feel like make no that's one of my you, I'm with you it's one of my that? it's one of my least favorite Bad Company songs but I I love Bad Company in general <sighs> that's AJ Hoffman <laughs> I'm RJ Powell <laughs> we got Steve Fezzik and Scott what Seinberg. about Rock and Roll Fantasy Yes or No Well that's good. 
What, what, who sings that? Bad Company. Bad Company. I don't even know that song. What? You know that song. You know who's good? Sticks. Mm. Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> Actually, though, that stick song that, that goes real slow, then it becomes a dance, it becomes fast. Uh, Renegade. No, I don't think that's in there. Or Come Sail Away. Sail Away. Yes. Yeah, Sail yeah. Away. That is a great. I do love Renegade. That's my favorite stick song. Why do it always have to be about you? Because it is about me. How so? Because I was telling you my favorite song. Well, watch. I could. We can make it not about. That's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next game. Uh, next game is this is RJ's four weight and a triple like. Scott and Fez have their three weight on the Jets at New England. New England minus one and a half, the favorite. And Belichick's perhaps last game in New England. Mm-hmm. We're all going with New England here. I think that motivationally is the main driver here. I think the Jets, the defense last week, not great. And, again, I think a lot of people were skeptical of the Jets' D this whole year, saying it was a little overrated. I don't know if I agree with that. But in the last three games, they're number 22 in this composite on defense. And their EPA per play, number 30 last three games. Number 30 in the NFL. I think they got tired. It's a lot of work for them. When your offense does nothing all year long, by the end of the season, it it probably grinds you down. You know what's funny? I mean, I think you're. I think you're right, actually. Um, And and you look at the Jets; they have the second least rushes of any team this season. So it's like one of the worst quarterback situations. They don't run the ball. They have this. I mean, I know they're behind, but all it does is make it where the game three out. So I think they're tired. I think they're fed up. I think something else to think about here, and I'll pass it off to you guys, and then I'll come in after, (laughs) is the idea that the Jets have a – and, Scott, you can speak to this – a number of contracts that are either going to have to resign them or they might leave. Yeah, the Jets – first of all, they they released Dalvin Cook this week, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so they allow – they allowed him to sign with a contender and whatnot. Um, this is probably the end of Zach Wilson's tenure. He's out for this game with the concussion. Trevor Simeon's going to start. Well, he's, he's got one more year on his rookie deal, right? I've never. Seen, I mean, that's hard. You think they'll cut him even at I mean, that point? The reports are this is probably his last. The last time we're going to see him as a Jet. Wow. Yeah. So they might try to trade him. Try to trade. Good yes. luck with that. I mean, oh, they, they traded they, Sam Darnold. For a second and a third or whatever. <laughs> second and a sixth and a seventh. No. They're, I mean, no one's going to give, really? Maybe I'm just. I mean, how much worse was Zach, Zach Wilson than Sam Darnold? I mean, it was. I think they were equal. I think, if anything, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson has more upside simply because Sam Darnold was a more formed. You know, Zach Wilson mm-hmm. had the one year, you know, that was decent. But anyway, the, the point I would make is maybe there's some business decisions that's going to be made. If there's nothing really to play for and you're not going to be on the team mm-hmm. next year, you know, and the Patriots seem to be rallying behind Belichick. I mean, to the point that I'm starting to think he has a real good chance, to, at least if he wants to stay, stay in New England. And Belichick may be a pain in the neck to work for, but he has he demands the respect of each and every player, absolutely, and they want to send him out with the win. And I got to tell you, I like Belichick in unique situations. I like Belichick when there's a game in Mexico City. 
Um, I, like, <laughs> I like Belichick in a game with weird weather, and we're going to have it here. So we're going to have some snow, and then we're going to have some wind, like mm-hmm. 20 miles an hour. And Patriots have played in adverse conditions like that. Not the Jets, Jets don't haven't. run. Jets don't run well, though. Jets don't run well. Although I mean, Brees Hall is a great running back, and they don't run the ball. And um, I think it's advantage Patriots. Whenever there's there's a wrinkle or an unusual situation in any game, it favors Belichick. Patriots have won 15 straight over the Jets in those 15 wins. 11 and four ATS. Robert Sala. 0-5, both straight up and against the spread, against the Patriots. And, RJ, the simplest thing is, like you said, this could very well be Belichick's last game. He ain't going out with a loss to the Jets. I think this is the ultimate Bill Belichick coaching spot. If there was one game you want to back the Patriots this year, it's this game. They are not losing what could be his final game. And the stone-cold lock here, RJ, why the Jets are losing because earlier in the year, at there was a point where the Jets' season win number dropped as low as six and a half, and I loaded up and played over six and a half and got <laughs> accolades from all the people I work with, and they're not there yet. They're stuck on six, and they're not going to get there. I'm going to lose that bet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, that's interesting. Um, Scott, you're a fan of the Jets. Would you say that it seems like the Sala narrative is starting to swing back to the negative, mm-hmm. where there was a lot of skeptics of him, but everyone's like, he's a good guy. He was a rock solid. You know, what's he got? Seven kids or something? Yeah, he's got a bunch. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's a he's a family man. Mm-hmm. It feels like in the last couple of weeks, there's been a, a little lessening of support for him. Yeah, but 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 with Woody Johnson coming out and saying that both Robert Sala and and Joe Douglas, the general manager, are coming back next year, I think it took a weight off of the team. It's kind of why I actually liked them a couple of weeks ago after uh, the announcement, because I thought, hey, the team's got like a little pressure lifted off of them, and, you know, they, they played well against the commanders. So there was the win right after they got the confirmation that the coach was coming back next year. But the offense is not good. It's it's bad. And Robert Sala is a defensive guy. And and for the Hackett hiring, people didn't like it. But it was the reason. It was the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I think I've seen enough of Nathaniel Hackett as an, as an offensive coach. But the, Aaron Rodgers is the real power broker. Of course, and that's the only reason why he's here, and that's the only reason why he's going to stay next year is because Rodgers is coming back. So I think that the narrative on Sala, people after Woody Johnson came out and said that they're coming back. I think people agree that this year is a pass for Robert Sala. But I would say the last couple of weeks is when I've – I think that announcement triggered the skeptics to kind of speak loudly. But they won the game after the announcement. So they beat the commanders after the announcement. And it was a nice come-from-behind win at the end. So They beat the hapless I know, commanders. yes. But still, a win's a win in front of your home crowd in the last home game of the season. you yeah. got to win. And so the fans were happy about leaving the stadium with the win. And then you lose a standalone game to the Browns where you're not competitive against the guy that could have been your quarterback this year if you kept him on the roster. I mean, would they put up 35 in the first half? Yeah, that was embarrassing. I mean, that, that really seems to speak mm-hmm. to the defense is, you know, dropping off. Yep. By the way, you look at them on offense, they don't run the ball much, but their actual success rate is number 12 in the NFL the last three games. But they just won't do it, right? By the way, they're passing, they're drop back, number 32 on EPA, number 32 on success rate. So the average? 32. 32. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I think this is right. And, and I also think the fact New England is one and a half. This is saying the lowest possible home field. And I'm, I'm not saying it's worth but they're saying that these are even teams with even motivation. I think New England's a little bit better than the Jets. Yep. 
And I think the motivation clearly is Jets. And I think oh, I'm sorry, I, New I think Bailey Zappi's actually playing, you know, passable football. Mm. Well, he passes the other team. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, last three games, we got him 28th on offense. But uh, passing-wise, they're 22nd on EPA. So hmm. Yeah, I got him a point and a half better. I'd make New it England? one. Yeah, I'd make it one and a half on well, the neutral. Then, so. then they're certainly passing in the night. Like the Patriots are get, are peaking, and the Jets are are continuing to fall. Well, that's interesting, Fred. So this got to be one. Why wasn't this the five? Because if you think about it, you're saying they're a point and a half better. We know the motivation is is significantly in favor of New England. What's that add up to? Well, I give them one for home field, so they get to meet at two and a half, and then the weather and the like. And I'm on to the three. I like lots of games. But if you get if you get on to three. When you're yeah. laying one and a half, that's a monster. Well, it's right? my it's my three weight. Yeah, it, yeah I mean, I've, I've got you know, this might have been a five weight. I love the card this week. All the time you you hear that all the time. Every single person I've ever heard like, how how do you feel about the card? Oh, I don't like the card mm-hmm. this week, and I'm the first one to say, how many times I have I come it. in? Except- I've come in and told AJ I don't like anything this week. I like a lot of games this week. So what were you saying? Was the this is the first time you like a lot of games? Yes. In, okay. In, in like literally. But two you're months. not the first one to say you like a lot of games. But because uh, I do that all. I mean, I I came in today. You said it today, yeah. Today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people, a lot of times, they'll, they'll like this is every single time someone's like they, they say it's not my favorite card. It seems like that's becoming more and more common. Well, guess what? It's hard to beat the NFL and finding five finding four or five places is difficult. Yes. All right. Um. To me, I, this is my last comment. I would play New England even if I thought they were power rated evenly, meaning I think right. the motivation edge is enough yep. to make this I a agree. Um, by the way, the Jets in New England are tied for the least covers of um, any team in the NFL this year. With That's how many? Kind of, I think it was five, if I'm not mistaken. It's wild because the, the Patriots have covered three, they're 3 0 and 1 in their last four. So the Patriots were way down yeah, they, there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they played very well last week. All right, so let's make it official. That is, or, or excuse me, Fezix, for RJ's four weight, Scott's three weight, and Fezix three weight on New England minus one and a half. You can see why he went zero five last week. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's getting to him. All right, I'll, how's this sound? I'll do the announcement for you. you All right, take, I appreciate. Take a it. break. We don't want to. You ever hear of an aneurysm? Yes. You don't want that. Just by the way, we got the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals. The line, Cincinnati favored by seven. AJ has a four weight, and I won't tell you what team. I'll let him do it. It's the Cleveland Browns, as it's been many times this year. They're starting their fifth different quarterback this week. I don't care. I've liked the Browns no matter who they're starting at quarterback. Uh, they've gotten subpar quarterback play for most of the season, yet they they keep subpar. on winning. Joe Flacco. For, okay, for three weeks out of the entire year, they've had about four good weeks of quarterback play this season. Uh-oh, Fez has the button now. That's all right. Oh, I got it too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what's this Let's about? Let's get some veal shots. Jeff Driscoll starting at quarterback? I didn't even know he was still in the league, Jeff dude. Driscoll? I thought he was on the XFL. <laughs> Did you guys laugh when P.J. Walker beat the 49ers? Oh, everybody's real quiet all of a sudden. 49ers missed the field goal at the end. <laughs> Would it have covered the nine and a half the Browns were right, uh, so, dogs so by? They now have a right to talk, but you finish your handicap. All right. Uh, I don't know if the Bengals are going to play their best guys. I don't think Jamar Chase plays. I don't think T. Higgins plays. Why would they play? They're eliminated from playoff contention. They're banged up. They've been banged up. What's the point of running them out there? And I, I don't know what – like, where was Joe Flacco – Three weeks ago, how much have you upgraded him and how much of a downgrade is Jeff Driscoll to make the Browns a touchdown dog? Well, first off, Joe Flacco right now 
like I predicted, is is better by everyone's account than Deshaun Watson was this year. Like if you look statistically, it's not even close. You look at the team's enthusiasm. Apparently, I just listened to The Athletic has a show in which they do three beat writers a week. So whoever's got the most interesting stories. And so they had Baltimore this week and the Browns. And they talked about Flacco. Literally, they're already talking about putting a statue up. <laughs> I mean, think about it. when's the last time. I mean, I, I'll tell you this. He's high variance. I mean, who, who stack rank people going into Baltimore to beat Baltimore? What it, what's your stack rank? Buffalo one. I don't understand the question. Like what the likelihood who, who, of a team going into Baltimore? Yeah, likelihood. That's a great way to say. Who's most likely in the AFC? To go into Baltimore and win. Oh, that's an interesting question. So, uh, Buffalo, mm-hmm. Kansas City, mm. Cleveland, number I'll put three. Cleveland ahead of Kansas City. Are we right. sure? I mean, that's the question. Are we sure that Kansas City's ahead of Cleveland? Yes, right now? they have God quarterback. Yeah, he's not God. He's, I mean, no, he's God. No, this year he's not. No, he's been God. His teams, his receivers suck. Well, I, I got to tell you, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, let's just say this: it does seem like he's flustered at this point. I mean, if you look at the offense, the last three games are twenty fifth ranked in the NFL. <laughs> you know, I've watched it, and it's really been bad. There's no doubt, but it, but it had the eye test says it's not, it's not Mahomes' fault. No, but but again, God, you know. I mean, what is it? It's uh, who was the receiver that was telling him, "Hey, put it on the you put it on the wrong hip." Did you see this uh, Scantling? I think it was. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like you never see that, right? No. There must be a little internal chatter that you know. Who knows? Maybe he's. Who knows, right? Maybe he's distracted somehow. We know Kelsey is, and we know Kelsey looks like someone said it looks like he got shot with a tranquilizer gun in the hip. The way he's moving, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't see. I, I tell you this. I think I would still go with Kansas City just because they wouldn't be scared. But you know what? I don't think Flacco is going to be scared either. So I've reluctantly upgraded Flacco. You know, I hate Joe Flacco. And I have him the best backup quarterback in the league. So he's nine, number 19 in terms of starters, right below Jordan Love right now. Now, that's interesting. That that seems like a fair upgrade. No, read, just read the five or six guys ahead of him. Uh, Love, Carr, Fields, Geno well, Smith. Go, 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 Carr? You have Carr ahead of him right now? Yeah, that's, that's, probably, that's probably a bad number. I, I agree. I agree. Right, so go ahead, continue. But the other one, Love, Fields, Geno Smith, Baker Fields? Mayfield. Right now? Oh, yeah. Fields is better. Oh, God. You're... Then Flacco, you're on crack. All right. So what? how's this sound? We'll just look at the weeks since Flacco um, started, right? So what? Well, no, no, no. This is this is go forward, though. I mean, this is not who's been the better quarterback year to date. That's a, it's a, or the past month. I mean, Flacco's playing out of his mind. I agree. So what would make him not play this way? Because it's a short sample, and he's done fantastically well. Sh- well. He's thrown forty passes a game for like what's it now? Five games. Five games. I'm trying. There, there. The, he has like two hundred passes. There's a there's a comp that of a guy that was really good this year that just fell off the planet. Josh Dobbs. Uh, yeah, Josh Dobbs is a great comp for with then but for Minnesota. The QBR and PFF are very two, similar. For two or three games, he was great with Minnesota, and then he went back to being Josh Dobbs. Except Joe Flacco is a. I mean, I don't want to say a borderline Hall of Famer, but he if there was if there was another Hall of Fame that had an equal number of people, the Hall of Fame B, he'd be in that. So, I mean, I watched him for a long time. You did not want to play Joe Flacco. I, I agree. And, and 
the fact that he just didn't play any football hardly at all for three and a half years is just a mystery it, it, how he it could be rested rested his body. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. I mean, his you know, arm, that's, that's he's, true. Only, he's only 39. Yeah. But the bottom line, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because we're in the same neighborhood now with my Flacco. I've upgraded him enough that, and so, and where, so where do we go with Driscoll? Is the question. Where was Deshaun Watson at at the end of the uh, year? He was right where Flacco is, you know, oh. slightly below average well, quarterback. I want Below average. You know, you guys, I'm going to pull up the stats. But Driscoll's a, Driscoll got it as a minus five. So it's like if you want it to be a three and a half or a four point downgrade, fine. That's about what it is. Flacco, by the way, plus 175 to be the comeback player of the year. DeMar Hamlin's still the favorite at minus 250. Now, this I want to I got to ask you guys about this because I've spoken to like 10 people. I've asked this question. I didn't give them the odds. I said, who would win? You know, Hamlin or Flacco? The people that weren't, you know, following these odds. And they're like, oh, Flacco. Well, were they football fans? Moderate, moderate okay. football fans, and they're every. Why would you ask them? Because they, well, I just to get the none of them even. They, they, so of course it's, it would be Flacco. Hamlin hasn't even played all year, right? But he's a bl- he's below average. Why would you give an award to a below average player? Exactly. Well, <laughs> AJ and I talked about Flacco a month Flacco ago. Should we should have bet it. We, we were we were giving it out at plus fourteen hundred. We said if he wins the next three games. At, and they won. They can yeah. keep winning. But let's on this game in particular. AJ likes the idea of Jeff Driscoll. Sure, we'll give you all Jeff Driscoll. You can have him. I don't like the idea of Jeff Driscoll. I just think the the Browns haven't mattered. Who's playing quarterback for him all season? This is a mass motivation spot huh? for the Bengals. What was their record with everyone but Flacco? I mean, take a look. Just okay. do the math. So this is a mass motivation spot for the Bengals. The Bengals are winless in the division. And it's important that Zach Taylor finishes the season on a high note. In his press conference this week, Zach Taylor said, quote, Our number one objective is to win this game by any means necessary. However that looks is however it looks. And then he says the fans have continued to support us and cheer for this team because it's a home game. They're excited about the fans. Then you get quotes from a captain, defensive end Sam Hubbard, when asked about resting this game with nothing to play for, even though he needs offseason surgery, quote, didn't think twice about it. I came this far. I'm playing. I'm finishing the year strong. I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't leave my guys hanging. I love being out there. I told them today I'm going to be with them, end quote. That's your leader. That's your captain saying that. Man, it would have been nice. If they, are, it would have been nice if they were so motivated the last two weeks when they were falling out of the playoffs. Well, they weren't very. Well, they're good. they're not good. So they're not good. I'm but now they're bingo. playing. Now they're playing a team that's resting everybody. AJ, I'm, fr- I'm from Southern Ohio. And I can tell you, this is an extreme rivalry. Cincinnati hates Cleveland. And frankly, I don't think Cleveland really hates Cincinnati. I don't know why. But, um, you know, Sam White once came on the mic and screamed, we're not from Cleveland. Stop throwing these car batteries on the field. Oh, not regular batteries, not car batteries. Um, so the, the <laughs> that would be difficult. Imagine like a shot put. <laughs> from the upper deck. So uh, the, the Bengals will be ultra-motivated. Yeah. And remember, the object of their destruction, the season went downhill fast when they lost to Cleveland 24-3 to start the season. So that's another. They got blown out by the Browns to start the year, and now the Browns are going to arrest everybody. The Bengals are going to kill them. I tell you this, I mean, the Bengals were very competitive post-Burrow. Yeah, with Browning, yeah. I mean, Browning's been, I mean, playing generally pretty good. Um, To me, it's not even about the quarterbacks, though. It's about all the other players. Because you know the Bengals, maybe Chase sits, you know, if you're injured or whatever, and, and, you know, they have to get a shot to play, they probably won't play. But otherwise, everyone's going to play. I don't think anyone will sit out that's not really banged up. 
Where obviously with the Browns, it's going to be different than yeah, that. Everybody's sitting for the Browns. Like they're, Stefanski said, he's resting, every, he's resting all the starters. Now, how much of this do you think is affected by Stefanski in the coach of the year? Do you think that, like, if somehow they lose 40 nothing, it might, I don't know. They don't care. I, I think he cares. You know? I, I don't think the voters care. The voters he's don't. He's minus 1,000 right now to be coach of the year. Wow. I mean, like four weeks before Joe Flacco, he yeah. wasn't even in and, the conference. And, and the books know. How did a below-average get... quarterback do that? He's <laughs> playing much better than a below-average quarterback. <laughs> you're, you're in crack. Well, means, have you not seen what he's But that means he's not below-average. <laughs> so Deshaun was 4-1, and one, DTR 1-2, one and two, P.J. Walker 2-1, and one, Flacco 4-1. and one. So that doesn't seem like it adds up. So Deshaun and Flacco were 8-2 and two between them? Yeah. Okay. And what were the other ones? Uh, DTR one and two, uh huh. PJ Walker two and one. Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, one and two. Uh, and, and what was the other one? PJ Walker two and one. Okay. Adds up to eleven and five. Damn, that's a good record. So they might be a twelve win team. Could be with Joe Flacco at the helm with or five 11, quarterbacks. Or an eleven playing. win team with the blowout loss. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. So, Fez, you you said something once years ago that I um never had heard before you had an exact number in your head of how much a team resting pretty much everyone because you can't you don't have enough players on the roster to not to have none of the starters play but you had a number like hey if it's first team versus second team generally how much is that number yeah so i think it's uh eight plus the quarterback all right so eight plus whatever the quarterback drop is yes all right so let's do that here all right so what would the line be if uh, everyone was playing up to full potential here? Excellent. So I have Cleveland, a three and a half. I have Cincinnati, minus one and a half. On a neutral, Cleveland's five points better. Okay. So how much are you giving for home field? One and a half. All right. So we get to three and a half. Cleveland, Cincinnati should be plus three and a half. All right. If it was uh, everyone playing their starters. Yes. Okay. So now you're saying eight points. Yep. Takes it to? Minus five and a half. Now, right. minus, I can't do my math. Minus four and a half. Okay. So. And now we got to do the quarterback change. Four points. Between who and who? Flacco. Driscoll and Flacco. Okay. Uh, that gets to eight and a half? Yep. Rule of eight plus quarterback. So your theory is Bengals aren't going to be at full strength with, let's say, Chase sitting or whatever. Thus, it gets back to seven. That's my thought. Looks like it but, all reconciles if that's yeah. close to it. But the, to question, but the question is, why is, why are, is both parties so – like, what is the – what what is the decision that that what it, why are you betting this why are you betting it because I think I think the Browns I mean the Browns like I said the Browns were winning games with PJ Walker playing quarterback I I think the Browns are good enough and deep enough but, the, that, but again they're going to be sitting as many people as they can sure. Okay, but I I think the Browns are a deep team. I think the Browns are a good, complete team, which is why I've wanted to back them all season long, regardless of who's playing quarterback. Because as the the spread's gone up and down with their quarterbacks, they they keep coming out and playing hard. I think there's a reason why Stefanski's going to be coach of the year because they needed every game like blood. They're eleven and five. They didn't need every game. They did. They haven't needed the last four games. Boy, and they've won four in a row. Yeah. When did own, they clinch that, a playoff that spot? That five has him like all hot and bothered. Here's a quote from Jake Browning uh, today. Just the fact that at the beginning of this week, Jamar says, no, I'm playing, and everybody's like, here we go, let's lock in, let's finish this thing right, end quote. Okay. So, by the way, for new listeners, 
pressing the button is an automatic $300 bet. So Fez and AJ have a $300 bet on this, and Scott and AJ do. So everyone's got, you know, they're back in their position. I've never been to the Golden Steer on a related note. Okay. That would be a good dinner. (laughs) $300. All right. So, by the way, Cleveland on defense, number one the last three weeks. EPA per play, number one. Success rate, number one. Drop back EPA, number one. Drop back success rate, number one. That is very unusual. For a team that starts out that good and is probably playing better on D. Now, against the rush, 17. That's interesting. But since he actually has the least, if I'm not mistaken, the least number of runs in the I NFL. Think they were, well, they were second going into last oh. week. I don't know what it is now. But, yeah, they had the second least percentage of plays last week. Okay. So that's interesting. All right. Anything else on this one? Nope. I make it official. Uh, it is my four weight, the Cleveland Browns plus seven. And oh, by the way, two uh, button presses. That's right. All right, what's next? Uh, next is Scott's four weight, Detroit minus three and a half, hosting Minnesota. And it's on the Detroit Lions, or someone call them the Detroit Lions. The Lions are seven and zero oh this season, ATS, after or in the last seven games under Dan Campbell, I should say. 7-0 following a loss. They're technically playing for the two seed. Now, they're not going to get it because the only way they can get it is if they win, Dallas loses, and the Eagles lose. So they're likely not going to get the two seed, but they're still playing for something. The handicap here for me is Dan Campbell's a guy that does not believe in resting players, and he wants to be super aggressive here at the end of the season. He said, quote, we're going to use our full arsenal and go win this game. That's the objective here, end quote. The Lions also just beat this Minnesota team with Nick Mullins at quarterback, 30-24, as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. So that line would indicate that they're three-and-a-half to four on a neutral. So why are they only three-and-a-half now at home? Well, the assumption is they're going to be rest and play. But Dan Campbell's not doing that. Exactly. Coaches never lie. So that, (laughs) yeah, I don't think that Dan Campbell's the type of guy that would rest any of his players. And I don't think he's the type of guy that would say that in a press conference and then go and bench his guys in the second half. I think they want to erase the sour taste of that botched two-point conversion or whatever nonsense that was last week. And they just want to blow out the Vikings here and go into the playoffs on a positive What do you think? Sprinkle some first half minus three on this game also. Yes, I like that as well. Because they might, you know, back off in the second half. So that's the, that's half. the current line, minus three? Yeah. And it's three and a half for the... Wow. So that's assuming they're going to do that then. A little bit. Normally, like, if, it, if a team's favored by three and a half, they're like minus two and a half, lay a dollar 25, minus 20 in the first half. So it's a, baked in a little bit, yes. So then let me ask you this. If you believe Campbell's going to stick to his word, isn't the play playing the second half alone? Yeah, but I don't believe him. There's okay. no lineup for the second half. There's only a first half lineup right now. It's minus two and a half up on DraftKings. And I'll feel stupid if they go up 24 nothing, because I, then they will take people out. I can fill in the algebraic equation, right? <laughs> if you have two of them, you, you got to have the second. X plus three <laughs> equals three and a half. <laughs> I, I'm just going to do some math in my head real quick. Um, by the way, I got this information. Last five weeks, all right, quarterbacks, Purdy's number one. This is in what stat? This is going to be EPA plus CPOE, completion percentage over expectation. They like to blend those. That's actually the analytics darlings. They love that combination. So Purdy's one, Prescott's two, two is three, Josh Allen is four, 
Now, could this be right? I have I have weeks. Let me see something here. 500. You know something? Let me make sure I got the right weeks. 13 through 17 is Flacco weeks, if that's what you're mm-hmm. looking for. That's what I'm looking for. But, um, no, that was the whole season. So bear with me a sec. Right, let's continue, and I'll, I'll have it in a minute. We know the Lions at home. We know how their offense works indoors. Their offense works at home. And I think we get a, a motivated team here Dan, led by Dan Campbell to, like I said, erase the taste of that botched uh, play, that a game that they should have won with the two-point conversion and the notification of which players are eligible receivers. and They just want to erase that, have a big win going into the playoffs. So let's talk about that because – at the time, it wasn't sure what that would mean. When Philly ended up losing, this became a monster, right? Because think about it. Dallas is going to be the number two, most likely. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't have been, most likely, if they lose that game against the Lions. So two to five, that swings, I mean, massively. It's a home game. Uh, well, it's two home games, Right, two yeah. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. If you win, so two home games and easier competition. The theory is. <sighs> did you did you come down? Anyone come down anywhere on on like how bad the referees were? Yeah, it's it's it's. I think that it's it was it's a botched job by the official, but it's also a botched job by the Lions because when both players went up to the official. They were trying to deceive the Cowboys, but it, I don't know why they were trying to deceive the Cowboys because the ref announces it anyway. Mm-hmm. But they were trying to show two players walking up to the ref so the Cowboys defense didn't know which player was going to be the eligible receiver. Kind right? of clever if it would have worked. Yeah, sure. But then you hear the ref announce it through the stadium. Number 70 reports as eligible. If you hear that and you're the Lions, don't you like say, no, 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 it's 68. Because Jared Goff, you can see he's pointing to 68. Like he he sends Taylor Decker to the yeah, but, to the ref to 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 declare himself. But then you can't throw it to sixty eight because at I mean, that it, point it's all over. It seems like what you're saying is it could they could have done something to help the refs, but really it's not their responsibility. I mean, if you go look, he rubbed his stomach, which mm-hmm. is the signal to yep. say he's eligible. And it wasn't like the other. It, they were like what five or six yards apart, the two players, yeah. right? So it wasn't. I mean, he was wandering over there a little bit, almost like there was a coin toss. He was going to go. Shouldn't across. they report as eligible? <laughs> maybe they do all the time to just fool the other team into thinking maybe they were thrown to this guy. Those players do that all the time. Whenever yeah. you put in an extra yeah. lineman in, you have to report as eligible. Yeah. They don't have to go out for passes. Yeah, they can stay in and block, but you have to have a certain number of eligible receivers. Gotcha. Okay, so they and do. and Dan Campbell told that the referees about this the night before that they were going to do this. So. I mean, you know, to me, this is uh, – and then the NFL is saying that the Lions are lying. See, to me, that's the real problem. If, mm-hmm. you, if you just say, hey, our ref screwed up, okay, yeah. we accept that. But now they're saying that they're lying? It's like there's three different Lions saying the same thing. I, I know their name's Lions, but they're not yeah. necessarily yeah. – but like you can hear the audio, it's not so like it's not like the refs threw the flag because it wasn't a conspiracy to make the Lions well, you've lose. Been in it's, stadiums before. It's not sure, super sure. Clear. But, but the idea that oh they only threw the flag because they completed the pass and they wanted the Cowboys to win. That's not no. That's not what happened before the play. You hear the ref announce seventy reporting is eligible. The pass went to number sixty eight. Let me ask you a question. Before you got into radio, where you were on air for like you know in New York nationally with NBC for, you know, you were dodging bullets, let's say, whereas you're doing it. 
you didn't have any idea. Like when people listen to radio or like Jeopardy is a great example of this. They'll be like, oh, I could win at Jeopardy. They don't realize that everyone's hitting that button almost every time. Mm -hmm. And it's milliseconds. They don't realize that a guy on the radio has got three things he's got to worry about at any given time. And, and thus it's hard maybe to do what you can do sitting on your couch. Yes. Right? Wouldn't you say that's maybe what you're doing and anyone blaming the lines is like there's 50 things going on. Sure. And their job is to go report, not then check to make sure the refs say it the right way. And then what do you even do there? How much time was there left on the clock when they even said that? Right. The, I don't know. The play clock. It a, yeah, it was a two point conversion yeah. try. So. Yeah. So uh, what's your thoughts, AJ? My thoughts were Dan Campbell came out afterward and said we were trying we were purposely trying to confuse the Cowboys. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And in the process, they confused the referees. But they shouldn't and, have. That's the thing is they, they did everything that it wasn't like, hey, we're going to put the refs in a tough spot. They told them before that they were going to do it. So how would they be you – know, if you're trying to confuse – But you're saying, like, sh should the referee's job be to remember something Dan Campbell told them no, yesterday? It be, no, it should – well, first of all, they have a meeting for a reason. Right. Right? To, to, to get them ready for things that might come up. But number two – it, none of this matters because they went and did legally what they were supposed to do. They had the guy, he both, both said, I'm eligible verbally, and he rubbed his stomach, which is a signal for it. Mm -hmm. What more can you do? I guess my thought was if I heard them announce the wrong name that is eligible, I say, nope, nope, it's me. I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what the— So he comes out of his, like, stance? I mean, at what stage do they— <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, it just usually these things bore me, but this one feels like it's the NFL is they're trying to somehow defend themselves. You know, they're they're um, they're covering up really protecting the shield. When, well, whenever whenever there's a cover up, that's when it gets interesting because now you can say if they're saying that the lines are lying, what won't they? Who won't they lie about? Mm -hmm. If they're going to lie about their own, you know, thirty-two teams. And the report is that Brad Allen, the official, has been like downgraded like he's got a couple of negative notes now because when they determine the playoff officiating mm. crews and the Super Bowl officiating crews it goes by your grade throughout the whole season because it's an all-star crew it's not it's not a uh, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. the same crew that you work mm. with all season so he has been downgraded as a result of this thank god yeah <laughs> by contrast the nba you can be best friends with scott donnie and still uh, tim donnie and, and still be like the head ref yeah what a world um well, yeah, being best friends with does you know you're not guilty because someone I mean just because they had two hundred and fifty thousand calls between each other. Yeah, I think yeah. Al Cowan should run for like president. OJ's buddy. Yeah, AC. All right, couple couple stats here about Detroit that makes me like the lines here. If this was three, this would have been probably my four way, um, but it's three and a half. And it's really 3.25, right? Wouldn't you agree? For, I mean, if you look at... I didn't look at the market like the last 10 minutes, yeah. Well, you looked at it a little bit. But, I mean, Circa had it before we started at uh, minus 20 on the dog. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't pick up on that. Okay, so if you look at the most ATS wins in the last three seasons, so this season, 23, 22, 21, that's three, right? So we're one game short, no playoffs considered. Who do you think are some of the teams that have the most um, ATS wins? Who does Jared Goff play for? ATS wins. <laughs> the Lions. The Lions have 34 covers during this time. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys at 32. Hmm. Next up, 
No other teams above 28. So really, wow. really dumb coaches do great against the spread. Seemingly. Dan Campbell is a really good coach. You don't think he's a game, good coach? Game manager. I should I say think game, he's a game really manager. Good game manager. He's, he's like the most aggressive. I mean, I thought you liked aggression. I, I like aggression. I don't like – you know, that's a great point because it's almost like a no-limit hold'em player. Like, by definition, it's hard to be a bad maniac, mm-hmm. you know, when it's so hard to play against. So it's hard to get it wrong because you want to be ultra aggressive. But like when Dan Campbell goes for two from the seven, for instance, See, all right, we've I, taken I heard it. I heard something else. Maybe he was steaming there, and if so, that was a mistake. But I heard that they weren't going to snap the ball potentially. That they were trying to get him off sides, mm. and the fact that they did the fair play, enough the play that's didn't fair. run. Now I that's don't know fair. for sure that that's the case, but that's that's been what someone. The, the problem is the benefit of it to get the ball the three and a half. It's still not right to go for it. Ooh, I don't but, know. But now we can have a conversation. And then there's a whole other part to it, which is... The 38-yard extra point now? Well, no. I was going to say the tie is really something that didn't help Detroit at oh, all. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, right. they, yeah that's they a good didn't point. Really, like, yeah, I don't think they wanted to go into overtime after uh, after clinching the division. I, I feel like going to overtime, let's say it's a... Let's say overtime's a 50-50 proposition, because winning a coin flip is 50-50. Which sure. it isn't, but yeah. You're right, but it's, a better, it's better than the odds of... Converting a two-point conversion from the seven, but again, but not from the three and a half. Yeah, that's the question, right? Because well, you make it from st- the three and a half, forty-four percent. I don't think you win overtime, forty-four percent. Yeah, so that's the question. Why, why do you think that? I mean, Dallas is favored for a reason in this game. You know, yeah, the home. I mean, Dallas is good at home. I mean, obviously the splits are pretty crazy. Um, by the way, well, if, I guess if Detroit wins a coin toss, that go, what's the percentage? Well, obviously it skews you know fifteen cents in each direction. But okay. whoever wins the coin toss, but yeah. I would I would lay minus one twenty Dallas in overtime. You you would disagree with that? I think Dallas wins more before than fifty five before the toss. before the toss. If you said Dallas minus one twenty and I got plus they have a great kicker, don't they? Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I I just felt like it was there's so much on the line there. If it. it because obviously Detroit playing, we know how important home field is for both those teams. It feels like I, I would have rather taken my chances, I, but you know maybe I'm wrong. All right, uh, anything else on this one? Let's do it. Uh, next up, your three weight, RJ. We've got Buffalo minus three at Miami. Uh, I have a total on this game, and Dave Essler's on this game as well. I'm on the game too. Oh, one weight. A one weight. RJ will tell you what the right side is. <laughs> well, hopefully it is the Miami Dolphins. And I'm yes, gonna sir. I'm gonna start here with asking you a question. How do you get to this line? You don't. All right, so give me give me your math on it. So let's we'll start with the power ratings, and I want to give you a comp also. So power ratings, I have Buffalo two points better. All right. Miami gets a home field, one and a half, and I've got Buffalo a half point favorite. I don't come close to this line of three. Further, I want to ask everybody, who's better, Buffalo or Dallas? I think that Buffalo is, to be honest. Buffalo, not not by a lot, but Buffalo. By better. a little or by just by a smidge by, or by a I lot? I think a smidge. Exactly. Yep. So two weeks ago, Miami was hosting Dallas. Miami was laying one and a half. Mm-hmm. Miami covered. They won. They covered. Now, you got to take into account the injuries. That Yes, yes. So, But, but where I'm going here is that Miami was laying one half, and now they're catching three against a comparable team. So have, the question is, have they had four points worth of injuries? I don't think so. It depends if two is good or not. Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as two is good, 
I mean, you can do so. You got Waddle injured. You got some other injuries. Maybe you downgrade Miami a couple points. That's what I, I downgrade Miami two points for it. I think two. I I think if, now what is the status of Tua right now? Well, he left the game last week with a shoulder, uh, and he There's was got to be reporting on. He it, was right? at practice today, but it was a, a walkthrough practice. Okay, but you would say it's ninety-seven percent he's going to play. I right? would assume, yeah. That's where I would put it. And I, were, I, were, I only get to this number, RJ, if Tua either isn't playing or he's severely mm-hmm. compromised. The Dolphins had. Their, their injury report was long of and it was like a no helmet practice, and it was long of guys who didn't even participate in the no helmet stuff. Tua was one of the guys who was at least on the field for practice. So AJ, you're a fan of the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. This has been almost like, to be honest, Lamar's MVP candidacy. It was before this week, which, again, he had a great game. Finally, it was like, hey, that's the game we've been waiting for after he became the favorite. But it's like Buffalo, it's like, oh, look, if they win out, oh, they're going to be – I mean, they played really bad. Yeah. I mean – Two weeks in a row. Yeah. It's one week. and One week you can say – because like I said, hey, you can't be up – you can't be at 11 every game. But then when you go in the next week after that performance and play, I mean, they could have easily lost two weeks ago. They could have, I mean, New England gave the ball to him like four times and they still only what, yep. one by six. What's going on? I've, I've got no idea. I, I really don't. That was Josh Allen's worst QBR game since the wind game against the Patriots where Mac Jones only threw the ball three times and it was like 40 mile an hour gusts. That was the worst QBR game Josh Allen played since then. Uh, he just didn't look right. And the defense still looks fine to me. I think the defense is is fine. There's something wrong with this offense. And either they're trying like hell to keep Josh Allen healthy or they're trying to get him healthy. And whatever it is. It's, well, he ran the ball like nine times, though. So it's not like that he's not running the ball. Right. I'm the When I say healthy with Josh, I'm talking about something with his arm, his elbow. Like they're, But how do you keep someone healthy? I mean, like, what do you think they're doing? That, they're running the ball a lot more than they typically have. Well, but here's the thing. This is what this is what the change of OC was about from day one. Is McDermott's on the hook for the defense, and and the more offense plays up pace, the more his defensive stats look bad, and thus he said, "All right, you're out," and he puts in uh, the LSU guy. What's it? I'm, Brady. 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 Yep. And and I'm sure there was a hey, do you want to leave with the OC or do you want to be the OC? But we need to run the ball. More. You and Ken Dorsey want to get an apartment together? Yeah, I mean, so I don't think it's a. Qu- I mean, because it's not like Brady's some big runner of the ball. He nope. got kicked out of Carolina because he wouldn't run the ball. So to me, this is McDermott covering his ass another way. And to me, it's a big problem with Buffalo, especially in a big game where they're going to try. I think unders. I think the under in this game might look I, interesting. I agree. And the market took out the fifties and. I, so what, what was the opener and where are we at now? I think it was My one weight is the under, 49 and a half. Plus 50 and a half <laughs> down to 49 and a half, and I agree. I like the under okay. as well. I think Gabe, I think you and AJ are on the, the right side. In fact, you could talk me into team totals under also. Across the board, I could see this. Doesn't this feel like it wouldn't surprise you at all to see 23-20? No, I agree with that. You know, I'm going to make my one weight, which is a floater right now, the under here. All right. Um, one thing about Buffalo, though. I'm looking at the last three weeks again when they supposedly have played bad. Their offense is eighth and their defense is fifth. There's, I mean, this team, I mean, this team. But they were double digit favorites twice in a row. Yeah, that's good because EPA doesn't account for strength of schedule. That's a good point. Um, 
You want to continue on your total? Talk about your total. A little yeah. Bit? So uh, the the Dolphins are not at full strength, and almost all of their injuries are on the offensive side. Uh, Moster and A Chain, neither one of them uh, practiced or even available for practice today. Tyree Kill didn't practice, but his house also burned down, so it could have been ankle or personal reasons. And Waddle is not going to play. So you're taking out a bunch of the big weapons for Miami, and then oh, I, oh hold on, hold on. They're going to probably have one big ma- big weapon missing, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. When you say a bunch of big weapons. Well, they have a bunch of big weapons that are banged up at, yeah, yeah. at best. I don't know I, I don't know that, but I don't think Raheem Mostert will play. So I think they'll be missing two weapons, to be honest. But, again, it's, it's Wednesday, so I'm not for sure. Uh, the Bills only had two guys listed as DNPs on their practice today. Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, both designation vet rest. So the Bills' defense is finally as, as healthy as it's been in, in probably two months. And I, like you said, RJ, something's wrong with this Bills' offense, but the Bills' defense has been playing great. The, the, the Bills shut down the Dolphins at full strength earlier this season. Uh, I, I just think that both these offenses are overvalued right now. Both defenses may be a little bit undervalued. So why not play Buffalo? Um, because I already have an investment in Buffalo. But that shouldn't affect your picks here. Well, I don't want to lay three. But when I talked to Fez a couple weeks ago, I said I like the Bills to win the AFC East plus 210. That's what I did. So I'm not going to lay three when I have them plus 210 money line. Well, it's a whole different it's a whole different context of playing. I would honestly play Miami plus three if I had to play a side in this game. Okay. Are you concerned or is there any concern that – Two key defensive players are not going to play for Miami. Bradley Chubb's done with the torn ACL, and Xavier Howard, their top cornerback's not playing. Yeah. Well, first, he's not their top cornerback. Not their top cornerback, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's still a key piece of their secondary. Yeah. The, the, and the, without Chubb, is, you know, it's a— The I'm Bills only have one real pass catcher that anyone has to worry about. So as long as Ramsey's playing yeah. and he'll be on digs, then I, I think the, the they'll be fine. And plus, remember, this is the whole Fangio scheme— this is Fangio, yeah. meaning that the corners aren't typically man to man. That you know, so they can, you know. I'm a big believer that if it's not if it's not cluster injuries, and it's not a known top, you know, red chip, blue chip kind of player, I think injuries are usually overrated. I I, I, I think on the offensive line they're not because there's so much cohesion that it requires. But but I mean, look look, look at um. Let's think about the teams. Look at the Packers against Minnesota. They had all these cluster injuries, and like in their secondary, <laughs> they won like thirty to three with a with a, a muff punt, thirty to ten or whatever, thirty three to ten. I mean, look at look at Baltimore. The way that I mean, they've lost. You know, they lose their tight end. It it, it, it does seem like injuries are an excuse for a lot of teams that need excuses, oftentimes because mm-hmm. everyone gets hurt. Baltimore's hurt, but yep. all right. Anything else? Uh, let's hear from uh, Dave Essler on this one. Oh, Diamond Dave. I call him Diamond Dave. Other people call him Uncle Dave. I think both are appropriate. Fez is kind of he's kind of Fez's nemesis because he keeps winning and winning. Let's hope he continues. Let's listen. We conclude another winning NFL Dream Pod season with the Miami Dolphins plus three points this weekend over the Bills. I did see a three and a half at Pinnacle this morning being Wednesday. I'm not throwing the Dolphins under the bus for last week. Nobody's throwing the 49ers under the bus for their loss to the Ravens. The talking heads would have me believe that the Bills, the change in offensive coordinator and their recent wins, they've righted the ship. Well, I'm glad I can think for myself. The Bills' recent history, they lost to the Eagles, 
beat a mediocre Chiefs team, almost lost to the Chargers, struggled to beat the Patriots. And in those last two games, they were 13 or more point favorites. Let's not anoint a team that could still miss the playoffs as the AFC champions just yet. The Dolphins are 7-1 and one at home this season. This is a division game. There are no secrets. Would I feel better if Chubb and Water were playing? Of course I would. That's already factored in. What's not factored in is the Miami number one rush offense against the Bills' 28th rush defense. Tua won't have to be elite. Just control the clock in 80-degree weather with an 80% chance of thunderstorms. The weather, the great South Florida equalizer, give me the Dolphins plus three points. Uncle Dave, Diamond Dave. I like that analysis. Little, the weather angle? Uh-huh. Uh, it's blustery, I think, in Miami. You can follow him on Twitter, Dave underscore Esler. And I also like the way he was saying, at least I can think for myself, his main thing is he doesn't go with group think. I love that. He came out to Vegas numerous times during March Madness, and he sat there and would just go against all the sharp – Fez would come with his sharp plays. Dave would say, nah. And you know what? I wouldn't want to bet Dave – or the sharp guys if they're heads up against each other, because one of them's usually not going to be, what, 47.5% in order just to break even, going to, you know, lane 110 against them. But I think a guy like that can keep you off of games if he contradicts the sharps. And when he's not contradicting the sharps, he's great. So, yeah, that's a great point. All the time you hear, oh, sharp money was on this just because a line moves two points. There's plenty of games that it's just money. There's nothing sharp about it necessarily. It's just some group, some big investment group, uh, but, betting but that, group. Doesn't that go against closing line value? No, because sometimes the the mm. sharps are kind of indifferent about a game. And it's no big deal. They're kind of neutral, and then the, someone blasts it like you know on the day of the game, and they're like, yeah, they just let it go. So that means that that closing line value you're saying is invalid. Yes. Woohoo! We finally got them to take a step on that side. <laughs> Unbelievable! You're gonna get thrown out of the sharp club. Probably, or at least I've earned some suspensions. I'll get back to it. <laughs> um, last thing on Miami. Well, it does bring up the point with Esler is I, I love the younger handicappers that are good, that are willing to um, lay the lumber. Because the guys your age, Fez, and, and, and you know, I was influenced by guy, you know, a lot of difference in age, but I was influenced by you and, and a lot of people that era is they don't want to lay the lumber. Like laying more than seven was like, I mean, let's be candid. Five years ago, how many times did you lay more in a touchdown? Never, the NFL? never. Like, and how, I've changed. Like, like I said, in my contest this week, I, I had a bad contest week, but I laid double digits. Cause Absolutely. Because you, you've been watching and then you're saying, you know, in this era with all the passing, maybe it's different. And I know a lot of my competitors don't like to do it. So it differentiated me. Yeah. So to me, a guy like Esler that comes at it from a different angle is so much more valuable than a lesser vert. Like a little Fezzik Jr. doesn't do us any good. Because, I mean, you got the real thing. Why not look at it from a different angle? Sure. Okay, next game. Uh, by the way, that was oh. RJ's three weight on Miami, Fezzik's one weight, and then RJ oh. and I both have a one weight on the under yeah, 49 and a, and a half. And I was going to say one more thing. If you look at just the stats, I mean, the case could be made Miami's like the third best team in the NFL. I know they've got injuries, but behind Sanford, in fact, I would make the case if all you did was look at the stats – that Miami would be the answer. Who's the third best team? Now, Fez, with your like yards per play, what do you see? Yeah, I just updated it, believe it or not. Uh, Miami, oh, hoo, hoo. 
Miami's the second best team, plus 1.5 YPP. So San Fran, 1.7, number one. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, number two, 1.4. So, I mean, this is this is not unusual. And if you look at EP, I mean, there's all kind of numbers that back this up. Uh, drive success, all of it. So all I'm saying is I think the combination of them getting beat by good teams, right, which is meaningful to some degree, combined with the injuries – but really, Chuck, I mean, let's be honest, one D lineman in a game, who knows what that's going to mean? I mean, might meet, I think it hurts them to win the Super Bowl in one game. I don't know. But I know that it's not enough to get this line to be three because this line would have been, what, two weeks ago, what would this line have been? It would have had to be, like you said, maybe pick them, right? I think two weeks No, Miami, I think it was favored two weeks ago, minus one and a half, clearly. So it's like how much, I mean, it's. What all, was the look ahead line just last week? It, it, Miami was favored. Yeah, the look at yeah, it was minus, minus one. Why the hell didn't we bet uh, Buffalo? So why is there a four point adjustment? Injuries, man. What, but it's not four points of <laughs> yeah. injuries. Yeah. Only two, uh, which I think the under helps us there too. You know. All right, next game. Uh, next game is my three weight and Scott's two weight. It is the Baltimore Ravens plus three and a half hosting the Steelers. And I got a bonus play here. Okay, uh, listen, if the Ravens were playing everyone and needed this game. This would be a double-digit spread, I think. It would be. What? What do you have? The what would you make it, Fez? Eleven and a half, Baltimore. Oh wow, I was thinking ten. So maybe, uh, maybe that's the power huh? rating. That's the power rating. So oh, absolutely. I, I, well, well, then let's think. How is this? So what's the Lamar to Huntley drop off? Uh, it's, it's five points. That seems. Like I a think lot. that's overkill. That's way too much. I got Lamar plus two, and I got Huntley minus three. I think Huntley's so. You have Huntley the, the same as the Raiders quarterback. I got O'Connell Moss three and a half. Yeah, close to it. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I think Huntley's one of the best backup I, quarterbacks I agree. in the league. I, I don't know about crazy. Yeah, I think maybe for it should sure. be minus two. Then it's right. four points. All right, so let's assume four. Sure. And now we're saying eight points. Rule of eight. So yeah. now we're so now we got so, a twelve point change. So now we got we got pick them, and now we got the sweeping all the way to three and a half. You know, that's, so, that's my point. Yeah, you got three and a half extra points here. That um, looks like it's been an overcorrection. Mm-hmm. And the last time the Ravens, oh, or or maybe I'm sorry to interrupt, yep. or maybe your eleven and a half is full of shit, and that the line would have been <laughs> maybe nine. I Possibly. Think, I mean, Pittsburgh's been playing really yeah, well. Yeah, maybe I've got my chronic Pittsburgh, un, you know, overvalued all in right, my numbers. Right. I agree. I agree. So, and and also, let's face it: any Pittsburgh Baltimore double digit spread, they're going to bet. They're going to back the dog anyways because the dog always covers in the series. The underdog and Harbaugh Tomlin matchups, twenty three and five ATS. But now it's flipped the other way. So. If you really believe, though, if you really believed in your eleven and a half, you'd have a best bet right now on Baltimore. I would, mm-hmm. and I considered it. I'm gonna go get a snack as you guys continue. I strongly uh, so considered it. The, the the like I said, underdogs 23 and five between mm-hmm. Harbaugh and Tomlin, 19 and two when the spread's more than a field goal. Yeah, the underdog is 19 and two. And listen, I, I think Tyler Huntley's a better quarterback than Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. So whatever drop off you've got for to Tyler Huntley, I, I, I think it's more than covered uh, by Mason Rudolph and the Ravens would love to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs, even if they're resting guys. And they did this exact same thing in 2019. Steelers were two-point favorites in Baltimore. They were 8-8. and They needed the win, or excuse me, 8-7, and needed the win. And Lamar Jackson set, RG3 played, Ravens blew him out of the water. I I think this game should probably be a pick 'em. 
Uh, I, I think three and a half is a, a great number. On yeah, board. I wrote that down too. The last time they were in this situation, 2019, Harbaugh rested his starters and RG3 led them to the victory. But it wasn't really RG3. It was the running game. Gus Edwards ran for 130 yards in that game against the Steelers. This is going to be a cold, rainy game. And the under is always in play between these two teams. They've gone under in six straight games against each other. Five of those six games didn't even see 30 points scored. That includes two games late last year when Tyler Huntley was the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. And in Huntley's six starts last season, the average combined score was just 26.8 points. So I have a low-scoring game that is probably not going to see 30 points being scored. I'm gladly taking north of a field goal. And and Harbaugh's such a prick, he just wants to win. We look at well, that preseason record. This know, is like a preseason game. And he, lost both, early, and he lost earlier in the year to Pittsburgh. Exactly. To he wants to avoid the sweep. Both games last year that Tyler Huntley did start against the, uh, the, the Steelers, both decided by less than a field goal. And we saw Huntley just last year. What, correct me if I'm wrong. That was a playoff game, right? That he almost beat the Bengals? And, Last year, yep. yeah, and and wound up uh, fumbling on the goal line. That was, the, or they would have beaten the Bengals outright. So Huntley certainly is capable. I could only not look. last year, a couple couple, a years, couple years ago, yep. yeah. So I could only look towards Baltimore. Oh, no, it was last year. Yeah, last year against Cincinnati. That's the game. Yeah, when Lamar about. was hurt. Yeah, that's the game you're talking yep. about. Yeah, but I th- I think cold, rainy, low scoring, north of a field goal to me is a no brainer. Yeah, like I said, I think this line should be pick them. So I, I I think this is a a great bet on Baltimore. So I believe that Harbaugh is going to play his players more than people think. Uh, the beat writer for Baltimore for the Athletics said that they've been talking. Remember, the last time Harbaugh and them had a bye was— 2019, they did come out flat against the Titans. But and even- Harbaugh has said, I, if, I, if we get in that spot again, I'm going to do yes, it Yes, but also Harbaugh defended that game because they did put up a ton of uh, yardage in that game. They just didn't do anything. But what we're saying is we have them on record saying— yes. That, that I'll do it differently. Well, what does that mean? I do like Baltimore first quarter, first half, because um, I'm concerned. Are the, all those stars going to be in there in the second half? But I think they're going to be there in the first half. You think Lamar plays a whole half? Lamar's not playing at all. Okay. So yeah. you think everyone else does? Yes. Give them some work and make sure everyone stays healthy. So a couple of incentives uh, in this game. Now, again, we don't know who's playing. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., is he going to play in this game, right? He's been he's been banged up. Um, but Odell Beckham Jr. needs five catches to get his $250,000 bonus. What does that matter? He's like renting out a yacht. Sure, still, exactly. <laughs> Which is going to be a bad sign, right? The last time the Giants took a boat party with Odell Beckham Jr., they lost like every game since. But... <laughs> But, but I think I think, I think Mr. Schultz would yeah. rather have his two hundred fifty thousand yes, yes. than Odell Beckham. But if if OBJ is playing in this game and there is a prop up, I don't know what the book's going to put the prop up. But right now there is nothing up for Odell Beckham Jr. receptions for this game. Another thing, the Ravens are very sharp. I hate to admit it, but they are. Oh, I think I. You know where I'm going? They're going to Pittsburgh take, could take Buffalo's spot yes, if Buffalo Yes, yes. How how motivated is Baltimore? You know, that is an excellent point if you um it, it, It's actually it's it, they need a lot more than that. No, 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 no. It's only Jacksonville win, right? And Pittsburgh wins. Pittsburgh yeah. Oh yeah, Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh is in with a win and a Buffalo loss, yes. 
Yeah. Or a win in a Jacksonville loss. But what I'm saying is if Buffalo's out is what he's arguing. Yeah, Jack- oh, gotcha, 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 Jacksonville's gotcha, gotcha. out. If Jacksonville wins and Pittsburgh wins and Buffalo loses, they're if out. Buffalo of the is out. Unless yeah. unless the Colts and Texans Unless tie. the Colts and Texans end in a tie is right, yeah. <laughs> so for, just, like <laughs> Rock, alive. just like Rocky too, when they're talking to Apollo Creed, it's like we get the same money for the top three contenders. We don't need that kind of trouble. We don't need that Buffalo coming up on our card. And, I mean, let's be honest, Buffalo is a team that was second round to take out Baltimore. So you think fourth quarter comes around, Harbaugh looks at the scoreboard. Well, actually, no, they're playing Saturday, so they wouldn't know anything about the games, uh, exactly, the, the other yeah. games. So, so he, he's setting the tone. Like, oh, he'll know, if, <laughs> and he won't even know if the Colts and Texans are tied. So he's going to have to make a decision. By the way, that's my pet peeve, this, these t- the, the tiebreakers when they put the ties in, all left and right. Like, uh, come on, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, it happens. I'm, Remember it's that happened Raiders before, game? yeah. The, the Raiders, yeah. It almost happened, yeah. So I, I think that's meaningful, That meaning the, the Steeler-Raven situation. Yeah, I agree. The real question, though, is Rudolph is playing. I said this last week. If you go back and look at his stats when he played the year Big Ben went down, they, he had one terrible game. Otherwise, they weren't that bad. It was his rookie. I mean, why why do every other rookies get three or two years to get good? Why would Mason Rudolph be good all of a sudden in year one? He wasn't. Mm-hmm. But let's be candid. If he never started before, if he was like Jordan Love and sat and sat and here we go, what would we be saying about him based on the performance? Same thing we were saying about Jake Browning after he came in and won a couple of games for the Bengals. Well, no, because... Jake Browning was – what round did Jake, Jake Browning get? Uh, first of all, a lot of people are saying Jake Browning could be like a, a starter. borderline starter in mm-hmm. the league. Um, but that all that said, if you look at the physical skills on, on Rudolph, it, it, you know, it doesn't feel like he's that, – That's that doesn't hold him back, it doesn't feel like. It feels like that whole Miles Garrett rumble has like haunted him a little bit, right? That that. Maybe am I am I wrong there? Ah, see, that feels like it's been more like Garrett that yeah hurt him a little bit because I I don't think anyone thinks Rudolph and and you can tell the Steelers are I mean the Steelers came out and said listen this guy's been here for three years since then since that starting stint or whatever and he's been coming to practice doing his job every day. Well, that's a good point over the three years. But I'm saying initially, yeah, like yeah. I think that retarded his development somewhat. Um, or maybe. His, or his path, if you will. I, I think part of it was his name. Yeah. I think there is a thing about Rudolph, and it is crazy. He started at Christmas. I mean, yeah. I listen, look how bad Trubisky is. And he and Tomlin was saying, no, 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 Rudolph. We want Trubisky. Yeah. And Trubisky was awful. I mean, really bad. Um, you guys looking at anything up? What are we doing? No, I was saying uh, uh, Browning was undrafted. I'm looking up. Yeah, it's, I, I was, I'm looking up the stats for Rudolph in his rookie year when he started ten games, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. played eight games. How's it looking? Uh, like a rookie. Sixty-two point two percent completion percentage, thirteen touchdowns uh, to nine interceptions. But in one game, I think he had like four. He had uh, no interceptions. Oh yeah, he had four interceptions against Cleveland, the Browns game. One touchdown, four picks. I and mean. It, could it be that he just played two bad defenses, so he looked good the last two weeks? So, uh, I, <laughs> I got to get a list of what games matter. I, I, I they matter. I mean, they're wins, whoa, but whoa, like, whoa. but to act like a, a quarterback having good performances against bad defenses is the same against a good defense—that's an absurd way to think so about it. So they went it. to Seattle, yeah, and that and is, that, is Seattle's defense even close to good. 
No, but I don't know. I mean, they might even be borderline bad at this point. But on the road in Seattle is is a tough. I mean, listen, you could have bet a million dollars on the Steelers, meaning anyone could have, and been getting three and a half. What was that? Three and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Three and a half points. They weren't supposed to win the game. They won the game, and the offense was a big part of it. The running game seems to be opened up. I don't know why. I don't really understand that. And the week before was um, Bengals. 34 points. Yeah, and and I mean, let's think about this. What was the the Bengals were three and a half in that game, weren't they? Against Pittsburgh. Two and a half. Really? In Pittsburgh. Yeah, in, it was uh, at Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they were a home. I mean, a home underdog. I mean, that, that's pretty strong. I mean, and, and let's be candid. They're outscoring their opponents by 30 points as <laughs> back-to-back dogs. This is the only time. This is the only time that they've had this many yards. I mean, because they had the what the the one 300-yard game or whatever, but they have had more in these two games. And I mean, the Bengals. I agree. Their defense is. A, you know, actually, AJ's point. I would say, I kind of agree with the following. I think Cincy's D is way overrated. Because we remember last year, but if you just look at it, since he's D is, um, well, they amazingly their YP not their Y not their net, but their defensive yards per play given up is worse than the league. Yeah, and, and, you know what's interesting is no one is really has a truly horrible defense this year. Yeah. You know, it's like Arizona Washington, like a word. Arizona. I mean, they're bad, but not historically bad. Like they're typically the worst defense in the league is way bad, way worse than what those guys have. Think about that. Since he was laying points in Pittsburgh, and now they were laying three. Yeah, I mean, uh, it went, well, there was plenty I, of threes. Yeah, that that is hmm, that's crazy. Why didn't we bet more on the? Well, no, but I I listen. I didn't like Rudolph. All I had uh, PTSD from Rudolph's other starts. <laughs> I think the Steelers were my five weight that week. Hmm. With with Rudolph, yeah. All right. Don't you remember the whole conversation about how the team was going to rally around him because he's been on the practice, mm. he's been practicing, and I like they it. liked him. You're, I like the narrative. All right, next game. Oh wait, I was going to give my bonus play. This, I didn't like the number nineteen and a half. You can get twenty. I like um, Pittsburgh team total under. I think this is a conservative game, and I think that if you really think about it, if Harbaugh's not sitting as many people, defense probably has more people playing, not as many big names, right? So, I get a 20 also, and 20 is key. Yeah, if you can get a 20, I like that for sure, but it's not an official play. Do you uh, do you have a lean to in the game? I assume if you like Pittsburgh's team total under, that means you probably think Baltimore can hang within three and a half. I think there's a real chance that Baltimore plays their guys a lot longer than we think, or even plays them the whole game. So that makes me would like Baltimore for sure. But, um, you know, actually, if you think about this, if they announce they're not, what team is uh, the Browns are not starting? Browns are the least starters, right? Okay. Yeah. If the if and the, probably Kansas City. If Baltimore said we're doing exactly what the Browns are doing and they signed it in blood, what would the line be? <laughs> Pretty much what it's uh, what this line is. It's so this is I mean, so this line this is, assumes that Ravens are going extreme with not playing people. Yes. So that means this is this is one of those like um, asymmetric risk situations. Yeah, to give an example, so today on the screen, it flashed across. Like we weren't sure if Lamar Jackson was going to play or whether it's going to just play a, a series, a quarter, whatever, a half. It says Lamar Jackson's out, and the line was three and a half. Line went to four. That that was it, you know. So it's kind of like it's all baked in already. 
But if they, if they vary from it at all, it's all value. It's all exactly. So you got a huge tsunami of, of variants that can come your way if Baltimore plays their guys. All right, next one. All right, uh, this is my two weight, and RJ has a two weight on a derivative here. Jacksonville minus five and a half at Tennessee. You I'm, go first. I like the Titans plus five and a half here. The Titans have a lot going wrong for them right now. But this is the kind of game where I love having Vrabel as a coach. I know Vrabel's not going to let his guys roll over and quit. I- I'm assuming we're going to get Ryan Tannehill here. I think if it's Levis, there's a bonus. But that's fine. Against this Jags defense, I don't think it's going to matter. Why is it a bonus? Uh, because unlike you, I- I- I'm with the rest of the world that thinks Will Levis is is better than Ryan Tannehill. So if Will Levis plays, I think it's the a bonus. Re- the rest of the world. I haven't seen the rest of the world reacting so positively to Levis being reported have, in. But have you look, have you looked at Ryan Tannehill play football lately? It's a good point. I mean, like, he's played, I mean, he's played it's dreadful. Both, but the market doesn't. My impression is the market don't care who quarterbacks for Tennessee anymore. They're not. They're not saying that Tannehill's better, but they're not saying he's worse either. I think there's another factor here that makes Tannehill better in this spot, which is this is this farewell probably from Tennessee. Hmm. He did bring them to the playoffs. They are the team that beat Baltimore in that first-round matchup or that division-round matchup, right? And then they had that battle against Cincinnati the yep. year they went to – and that was his last good game, maybe, that Cincinnati game, remember? From there – but Henry's probably gone next year. Yep. Yeah. I think this is a very emotional game, and, and, and I think that motivates Tennessee. I agree. And Tennessee's so much better at home this season. The Titans' scoring margin on the season – is negative 70. But Jacksonville's better on the road. Their scoring margin playing at home is plus 30. So think about that. For the season, they're negative 70. So I think but they're, they're at home, they're plus 10. No, that's on plus, minus 100. Well, 70 and 30 is 110. Oh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, I was just helping. And then Trevor Lawrence, his status is still in question. So is Zay Jones. Uh, a lot of injury questions. That would leave Ridley as the only healthy wide receiver on the roster. The Jags knocked the Titans out of the playoffs last year in the last game of the season. I think there's and that a game revenge they angle. Easily could have lost. Yeah, so I, I I'm not gonna let a blowout win over Carolina distract from the fact that the Jags have been one of the worst teams in the league in the second half of the season. So I I think five and a half points is way too many uh, against a Vrabel led team. So there's no props up yet for this game, but this is actually my favorite player incentive prop because it's the only one out of my entire list out of anybody's entire list that I think is act is actionable and realistic to occur and it's DeAndre Hopkins DeAndre Hopkins needs seven catches to get two hundred and fifty thousand dollars he needs just 39 yards to get two hundred and fifty thousand dollars two touchdowns to get another $250,000. So that's $750,000 on the line for DeAndre Hopkins in this game. Titans have nothing to play for. Why not just throw it to your best wide receiver every time? Let him get the seven catches. I would do like a same-game parlay if it becomes available. DeAndre Hopkins to, to get his seven catches and sprinkle on the two touchdowns if it's like plus 1,400 or Can I bet like him that. to get the first catch? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think. It seems like every single one of these games starts with the, you know that quick out to the mm-hmm. receiver. Yeah, so I would, I would bet it, if and when it becomes available, I would play DeAndre Hopkins over six and a half catches, and I would even sprinkle on not just for him to score one touchdown, but for him to score two if you get a pretty juicy plus, plus money price. I don't like this myself, and here's why. I think Tennessee has a lot to play for, right? So I don't 
I'm not saying that means it's horrible. I'm just saying if we assume they got nothing to play for. I mean, Vrabel, did you guys see his comments? Uh, I think it was today. He was like, he impassionately talked about how you can't, losing is the worst thing for a team. And it's like, you'd never want to lose. And it was like, they said it was like a, you know, I heard about it, but they said it was like a Newt Rockney kind of speech. Mm. I mean, that, that inspiring. Um, I think they're going to play really hard. I mean, his handicap in a way is in conflict with ours, right? Meaning I, I agree with you, AJ, that I like Tennessee, though that's not my pick. And, but, but I do think if he's right, our pick's probably in trouble because that assumes Tennessee's not motivated. Yeah, I disagree with that. Yeah, but I, I, I also think that his like that prop can be correct because I think Tennessee obviously is at their best when they're giving the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. He's their best player. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think well, that they are max motivated. I do think there's one other factor here. Hopkins held them up a good bit financially. Meaning he came in strong and it was like a tough negotiation, and Tennessee was in a bad spot, so they ended up paying more than maybe. They, are they really as an organization? Are they really anxious to give him another half million? He had seven catches last week. Uh, I mean, that's. Well, like, I'm not saying they're yeah. going to not throw to him. I'm yeah. saying I don't think they they decrease their chance to win the game by even one tenth of one percent to get him those catches. I just wonder. He had two catches the week before and two catches the week before that. And, I, and then he had jumped to seven last week. I wonder if there was like a conversation that went on in the locker room where it's like, hey, I got two weeks. You better get me the ball. And it brings up the point. If it's Tannehill. And it was Tannehill who got him the ball seven times last week. All right. Now, that gets interesting. But but Tannehill wasn't even supposed to start, right? No. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I'm i not saying I dislike it. I'm just saying I, I don't think it's as easy as they got nothing to play for. I think sometimes this what you've got to play for angle gets – a little bit sure. uh, overblown. Like the Jags were minus six and a half at at home, and now they're minus five and a half on the road. It, that that doesn't that doesn't make sense. That home road flip doesn't doesn't work. Uh, and I but I think you're this paying this is against Tennessee. Yeah, I think you're paying extra tax because Jacksonville has to have this game. And in general, if you bet against the must win teams, you're going to do well. Yeah, yeah. Over the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, my pick officially though is going to be Jacksonville's team total under. I think the defense, yeah, there's questions for Jacksonville, but if you actually look in the last three weeks, 19th, not horrible, 19th. On offense, 29th, 29th last three weeks. Only one week without the savior, Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) And I'm telling you right now, He's banged up. He's got like four injuries. Mm-hmm. So even if he comes back, he doesn't play particularly well banged up. I And, and we're, we got a, the second best dog coach out there with Vrabel. Yep. I like it. But I think if, if I want to isolate, I want to isolate against Trevor Lawrence and if, his injuries. If he plays. Yeah, which I think he's, you know, he's a pretty tough customer, whatever we want to say. He, he tends to play, it seems like. But I like the under. 22 and a half under is my two weight. Going to the games that we don't have any weighted picks on. Dallas, 13-point road favorites at Washington. Okay, now this would have been, you know, I could have easily had this on my card, and I like Washington here. Rivera is liked. I don't wouldn't say beloved, but he's liked, and they know he's done. So to me, I think you're going to have an emotional uh, effort from Washington. Usually, if a team, historically, if a team is going to really lay an egg, they don't like to do it at home in the last game of the year. 
So they're at home. I, I, I also am very down on Dallas. If you look at it, this is unbelievable. Last three games, Dallas's success rate on defense, number 32. The worst in the NFL. I, I mean, you can make the case they play tough competition, but, I mean, Detroit's a good offense. Right? Detroit, Miami, Buffalo. It's good. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is 32 is the worst. Yeah. So this is, I mean, Cleveland wouldn't have been 32. So this defense, some people thought would top 5D. I don't think they're playing like that right now. And who's supposed to be starting right now? Who's starting uh, quarterback for Washington? It's unknown. I, said Howell. I thought Hal. No, it's Hal. Oh, okay. As of earlier today, it was between Hal and Brissett. They hadn't decided. And we'd rather have Brissett, obviously. If you like Washington, I agree with that. No, Sam Howell's starting it. All right. So, again, uh, I think— And I would have backed um, and, and I leaned to, to Howell even. So I only make it 11. So 13, solid value. The, the, the must-win, Dallas wins and they win the division, and that's you're paying the, a, a two-point tax for it. And I think there's one other thing. Dallas has blown out so many bad teams. But it really hasn't been offense. It's been interceptions, returns— and mostly say, home games. They've been murdering people at home. Yeah, and, and and I'm not saying that they – oh, that brings up a good point. What is Washington's surface is grass, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. So, oh, and, go ahead. And you got a Texas team going to the wintertime well, to Washington. Well, my, my question with this is what's your difference between San Francisco and Dallas? Oh what, how, what's your point difference? Uh, Five? Yeah, you're in the neighborhood. One second. Five? Where are my? Maybe, I bet he's a little. Somebody, lower. somebody, get me a map of okay. Louisiana. Okay. It, well, it's it's clearly more than four, four and or a three half. half, whatever. Four and a half. Last week, the 49ers were fourteen point favorites against the Commanders. Mm-hmm. This oh, week, the Cowboys point. are thirteen point favorites against the Commanders. That doesn't make sense it's, if the 49ers are five points better than the Cowboys. That's a good point. It's a it's a really good comp, which means that the this Dallas line's inflated. Yeah, Dallas line not, is too it's inflated. It's not like yes. the Niners just punked Washington last week. They got a late score yeah. in the fourth quarter to get to, to get above the number. And the reason I played it in the Super Contest is there's the lingering resentment between Shanahan and Washington. Mm. And I thought, hey, if you get even though it's a different regime or whatever, he he'll try to you know put it to them, and even then they just barely covered. Yeah. Yeah, this line should not be 13. I, I agree. agree. I agree. I, I will say, Washington's been awful at home. If you do play Washington. Well, they've been awful anyway. They, they're one of the worst teams, if not the yeah. worst team in football. But you, you're not supposed to. Like, like Dallas is what, the fifth or sixth best team? Oh, sure. Number four. Okay. Yeah. All right. The fourth team shouldn't be lane 13 on the road against I even agree. the worst team. Especially Dallas, yeah. who's bad on the road in general. Do you have something? No. We've okay. So, so I'm going to look this up as we continue chatting, but the, I've the got a stat part. about the grass that's going to yeah, blow yeah. you away. And, Fez, I'd be careful about the Texas team going up to D.C. because it's probably like, – I would guess there's probably about five degrees difference between weather in Dallas right now and D.C. So, oh, that's a good point. It gets cold up in Plano and yeah, that area. North, <laughs> North Texas is, is different than Texas. It's uh, uh, 41 degrees, 13-mile-per-hour winds for the game. Where's it? What's in Dallas right now? Oh, in Dallas right now? I don't know. I bet, it, I bet it's in the 40s. 41 degrees in Dallas right now. So All bingo. right. There you go. All right. Let's go. Next All game. right. Next game is Seattle minus two and a half at Arizona. So this was a premium play for me. I gave it out to the clients. Arizona plus three. I thought just outstanding value. Um, Seattle's getting overpriced to have to win this game. Um, I made this game two. Arizona's playing super hard. They outplayed the Eagles. 
last week and were, were worthy of winning that. But um, good numbers get away, you know what? And as good as I like Arizona plus three, I can't do it at two and a half. I agree with the two and a half thing, uh, especially because the Seahawks were minus two and a half at Tennessee two weeks ago. And now they're two and a half at Arizona. Like Tennessee and Arizona aren't the same. They can't be the same. So I I, I think that two and a half, there's just the values out on this. I like the way that Arizona's offense is playing. And RJ, you did the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. They're eighth on offense in the last three weeks. Seattle last three weeks on defense, number 30th. Um, yep. I, I have a lean towards the over in this game because every single game in Arizona this year has gone over. Uh, 7-0 to the over in Arizona this year with a combined average score of 55 points. And now we have a total of 47.5 for this game. Cardinals offense is rolling. The Seahawks defense is not. But we know the Seahawks are dangerous when it comes to chucking it down the field. So I think we get a lot of points. In now this Arizona is about to do something that no team in the history of the NFL has ever done. They are about to have a situation where their ending power rating at the end of the year is five points better than what it was to begin the year, and yet they're still going to go under their season win total. <laughs> well, maybe they're not. It's maybe a, they're not. Yeah, it's maybe, in play. So they were at four and, and a half, closed four, Arizona, and, they're, and they've got four wins. There right were now. three and a halves out there. There too. were. There were. Um, by the way, if you, if you think about it, I think Seattle, pull up Seattle's schedule, Scott. Yep. I, I think they're tired. I think they had a gauntlet, and after the gauntlet, they had must wins. Because Pittsburgh. Ooh, at Dallas, at San Francisco, well, Philly. It go, goes back before that. At the Rams, then 49ers, then Dallas, then 49ers again, then Philly, at Tennessee, and then home to Pittsburgh. So that Pittsburgh yeah, but, game was like coming up for air, like they'd play but, three on the But they got road. the shit kicked out of them. I well, mean, that it, happens sometimes. But, yeah, That's what I'm saying. Pittsburgh ran on them like they oh, have a runner. they're still out of gas is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying that if anything, that game took it out of them because Pittsburgh made it so physical. Mm. I, we, we talked about teams passing in the night, like the Patriots and Jets. Patri- Patriots are playing better at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Jets are playing worse. I think you could say the same thing about the Cardinals and the, the Seahawks. The Seahawks started out the season so good, and they've just they've melted down the stretch. While the, the I mean, listen, I know it's it's all relative, but Arizona's three and four straight up, four and three ATS since Kyler came back. Who would they beat after a one and eight start? <laughs> Who would they beat? They, they beat all teams that are better than them. <laughs> uh, but S- Seattle's lost five out of seven after a six and three start. So it's like the hot start. They like you said, maybe they got tired and Arizona was rejuvenated with Kyler Murray. Well, the funny thing is, if you look at Seattle, the two games they won, they were lucky to win those. Yeah, twenty seventeen over Philly, twenty seventeen over Tennessee. Mm. But in both cases, when that Monday night game, lost they the were lu- they were lucky. Mm. They could have lost like eight in a row, or whatever it's been. One last thing too, Kyler. It's still not sure he's coming back. I mean, whatever we want to say about Justin Fields, it's a similar situation in Arizona. Well, Gannon said today, Kyler Murray's our franchise quarterback. Yeah, it's easy to say that, right? Yeah. Because, what, what, I mean, in a way, trade value. it's a free roll, right? Is if, he, if he keeps him, he gains some equity. Hmm. If you trade him, who cares? He's gone. Right? So, I mean, I don't know. But, but I think that probably validates it a little bit. But I think, I mean, listen, they run the ball really well. EPA on Rush, Arizona, number three, and their success rate is number seven. So let's call them the fifth best running team. Hmm. I think Seattle doesn't do well. I mean, Seattle did not do well against the run with Pittsburgh. Uh, and actually looking at it. 31st yep. Rush EPA the last oh. three weeks. Yeah. And by the way, every team that Arizona's beat this season, still alive for a playoff spot. That's amazing. <laughs> 
That could be a record. <laughs> you know what's funny? They had the Giants down, what was it, 21 nothing. Just to, talking about the win total now. Mm-hmm. But All right, next one. Uh, last last one. one. Kansas City plus three and a half at the L.A. Chargers. Finally, Herbert gets respect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, does this line – I mean, we know Kansas City and Andy Reid rest the guys, like, Blaine aggressively. Gabbard, Blaine Gabbard is starting for the Chiefs. All so right. let's do our rule of eight All right. plus quarterback. So I've got the Chargers plus 11. Well, how okay. much is Superman worth is the first. Right, right. So plus 11. <laughs> and God now, is physical. And now, and now so we can adjust oh. it. For Superman, we can adjust eight and a half points from Holmes being out. I accept that. And we'll go well, another. This year, I don't know, but go ahead. If we'll go another. It's not his fault. And then the other, and then eight more points for a rule of eight. That's 16 and a half point adjustment. And that gets me to the ceiling of this spread, which can be Chargers minus five and a half. So you could justify the Chargers laying three and a half. Let me pose something about Mahomes. Since everyone's gone to this too high against him, it's been two years. Now, they won the Super Bowl last year, but let's be candid. Was Mahomes the best quarterback in the NFL last year? Oh, yeah. I don't think so. Really? I mean, statistically, let's take a gander. I mean, I'm interested. I think he played well. I'm just saying we know he's not statistically the best quarterback this year. Yeah. So... Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the game, and he has been in the last five years, I, I believe, and a lot of people do. The question is, do you does he need the best receiver in football in order to be good? Because it does seem like we got to build an excuse. Just when the too high came is when Mahomes started to become less than the best. He was incredible last year. Mahomes' QBR well, last saying. year was 79. Uh-huh. The next best was 73.4. Right, maybe he was. 5,000. this year? 5,000. this year? 250 yards. What, what's it this year? 41. Uh, this year, Mahomes is eighth in QBR, mm-hmm. 62.5. It's not that good, is it? It's because his idiot receivers keep dropping touchdown passes. Well, maybe. Maybe. And Kelsey cares more about Taylor Swift than he does football. But there's nothing He's wrong with that. got his priorities that. right. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Um... All right, so AJ, what games do we have left? Uh, we have Houston Indy, we have Rams 49ers, and Atlanta New Orleans, and Tampa Carolina. Four games left. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you guys handle this. I'm going to go – I'm having trouble with this internet for some reason. I'm going to get that Cowboy stat. I'll come here at the very end and give it to you as okay. we say goodbye. You promise you're not just going to take off? 50-50. <laughs> All right, let's do it, though. Let's keep it rolling. Saturday matchup, Houston minus one at Indy, and this was my last cut from the card. This was, If I had a sixth play, this would be my sixth play, uh, and I like the Texans. Um, I think this is these teams are about even outside of the quarterback position, and there is a massive edge at quarterback for the Houston Texans. Uh, Minshew is 23rd in PFF when you narrow it down to QBs that have taken at least 50% of the snaps. Stroud's 13th. The only players Minshew is better than per PFF, Zach Wilson, Bryce Young, Mac Jones, and Desmond Ritter. And defensively, since Week 10, the Texans 9th in opponent success rate, 12th in opponent EPA per play. Colts are 21st and 19th in those stats, and they've only played one offense that's even in the top half of the league, and that was Cincinnati. 
I, I think the Texans are the best team in the division with a healthy Stroud. I, I like the Texans here. I, I played them earlier but, but as a favorite, or excuse me, as a dog. Ooh, that's a $20 fan. I don't friend. care about that. RJ's not here anymore. Uh, but I would still lean to them uh, laying just one point. What do you guys see? Well, the Texans' defense has been great early in games. And you want to talk about, you know, D'Amico Ryan's having his team ready to play. They allowed just 5.7 points in the first half of games this season. Second best in the NFL behind the Baltimore Ravens. It's the reason why they have gone under their total in the first half in all seven of their road games this year. So he's got his team ready to play right out of the gate defensively. And maybe the adjustments kind of go against them in one way or another in the second half. But early in the games, I like the Texans' defense. So maybe I lean Texans' first half, if anything. I have Houston three points better. And like you said, AJ, it's all quarterback. Um, I actually have India's slightly better team other than quarterback. But they, I think it's like a three-and-a-half-point difference in quarterback. One and a half for home field gets me right to the number, but I got to be honest, this is one of those games I let the odds makers decide for me. You want to tease either side. That's right. So if if we had been podcasting on Monday, I'd be talking about what a great teaser that Houston was from one and a half up to seven and a half. And now I'm going to go ahead and advocate teasing Indy from one and a half up to seven and a half in a game Houston should uh, they'll go to overtime and Houston will win the coin flip and have the ball. It just feels like the Colts have been very lucky. And I, I mean, if, the, if let's say let's face it, if C.J. Stroud hadn't gotten hurt, the Texans are probably sitting in first place right now in the division, and they don't need this game as much as they because they've they'll have a, they would have a cushion. Uh, but as it stands, that that's the situation where we're at. I just think with a healthy Stroud, the Texans are much better. So I, I get what you're saying, Fez, with the home with the home field. I don't know how much it's worth, um, but the, the Colts defense trending down, and I just think Minshew is like it, he's it's waiting to implode. Gardner Minshew, like the, he has been unsustainably okay. Uh, he's got one of the highest turnover-worthy play rates in the league. Uh, it's like over four percent turnover-worthy plays. It's just unsustainable for him to not have as many turnovers as he does. He's going to start turning the ball over. I mean, I say it as we get to week 18 here. He's go- Eventually, the luck's got to turn, right? But maybe it doesn't. Week 2, Houston did fall to Indy 20-31, to 31, so I always like that. I always like the all things being equal to fairly equal teams. Um, if anything, the better team loses the first game, they should win the second game. Yeah, and obvi- I mean, obviously that was C.J. Shroud's second start, so it wasn't uh, – He's a different guy at this point, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Fez. I like it typically when the uh, the first team takes a, a loss, uh, the, or I think the better team takes a loss, and then they rematch later. Mm, I, I like that too. I like that as well. Yeah, I think Texans. It would be Texans or pass for me. And again, I, I like Texans early in the first half, slight lean towards the uh, under in the first half as well. All right, moving on. The L.A. Rams, plus four and a half at the 49ers. Anybody have a, uh, a strong lean on this one? Well, it's Carson Wentz starting at quarterback for the Rams. Sam Darnold will be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. The 49ers will also not have Christian McCaffrey in this game. So Shanahan, when he talked about resting some guys, he said, quote, we'll definitely try and rest some guys, but you can't rest everybody. Right, there's only six. You can only have six inactives, right? So you can't rest everybody in the game. Yeah, the quote I saw from we can we can rest seven guys if no one's hurt. Yeah, but we have at least six guys who are hurt. So if I've got the choice to rest one guy who's healthy, it's going to be Brock Purdy. Yes, 
Uh, but that means George Kittle's going to play, Debo Samuel's going to play, or they'll at least be suited up. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they'll be playing. I, I think if anything, I, I don't. I, first of all, this is the one of those NFC West circle of life games. The the 49ers tend to dominate this series. Um, they've won nine straight regular season matchups. The last time the Rams beat the 49ers in the regular season was the year they went to the Super Bowl and, and lost to the Patriots. So, um, I I feel like with both teams locked in, and I and I also think the 49ers being locked in makes them they don't want to sit out for two straight weeks. Like I think they they've got a rhythm offense. They don't. Of course. I mean, obviously Purdy's not going to play, but I do think there there's going to be a lot of guys out there playing. But it's still still. If you're looking at a game where two backup quarterbacks are playing, it's a no-brainer. Sam Darnold is higher rated than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was on his couch earlier this season. Yeah. Right, Fez, where do you have like the backup ratings are like you clearly have Sam Darnold higher than Carson Wentz? Yeah, it's, Darnold's like a minus two and Wentz is like a minus four point two five. So yeah, Wentz would be on the level of like a Joe a, Flacco. Like a, a Flacco bat, no. Flacco has been incredible, but I'm talking about before we saw Flacco play. Like he was a free agent. Wentz is that a third signed. Yeah, yeah, it's a third string quarterback. So you know, I actually would look towards San Fran first half because they're the team that uh, you know, the Rams have to play next week. So yeah. the Rams could just – and they're fra- if Rams are very fragile. We spoke about this all year long with a few stars. So they're ideally suited to fade in a situation like this where they don't play. They're six or seven most important guys, whereas San Fran might play them for a series, might play them for a quarter. So San Fran first quarter, first half, makes sense to me as well. Yeah, I, I was looking at San Francisco minus uh, three in the first half. Uh, I haven't seen a quarter line yet. Is there one available there, Scotty? Is Let's that- look for it. Yeah, that'll because uh, first quarter might even be better, but I yeah the first half seems like the move because like I said I don't think they want to sit for a mm-hmm. uh, two two weeks mm-hmm. straight, but a week and a half that's eh, not the worst yeah. thing. It's, it's, I mean it's something. So quarter prop right now 49ers minus a half in the first quarter is minus one hundred two. The money line in the first quarter is minus one seventy for the 49ers. And we talked about. Big honor off the pick is worth like over 70 cents. So the minus 70 is better. Minus 170, 49ers money line first quarter. First half money line for the 49ers is minus 155. The spread is minus two and a half. Rather lay the two and a half. I'd rather lay the two and a half as well. Yeah. Yep. It's minus 118 on the two and a half. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's hear what the hitman has to say on this game. Best bet San Francisco 49ers minus four. We know that the Rams are not going to play their starters in this game, and they're going to treat it like a preseason game. Let's not forget that historically, this has been a Rams team that has been horrendous in preseason games. The Rams are arguably the most top-heavy roster in the league, so these type of games really expose their lack of depth. San Francisco, on the other hand, has expressed just a little bit more motivation to play starters, at least for the first half. They've come out and said that Brock Purdy isn't playing in this game, but Shanahan has been adamant in his belief in guys being rusty if they sit two weeks. So I expect San Francisco to at least play a lot of their starters for the first half. Also, Shanahan has owned Sean McVay over the past few years, going 9-1 and straight up over his last 10, and he's also on a 10-4 and against the spread run against him. San Francisco has the better roster depth, and I presume will be playing starters a good a bit longer. Best bet, San Francisco minus the four. So there's the hitman. Uh, he believes in the circle of life, as do I, uh, of the NFC West. All right, let's go to the NFC South, where we have Atlanta plus three at New Orleans. 
And this is one of the, I mean, I guess one of the most consequential games uh, of the week. So both teams fully motivated. I said last week when Tampa was a three-point home favorite to the Saints, I don't know that any of these teams should be field goal favorites over the others because I think all three of those, the top teams in the NFC South, are basically the same thing. I I think there's maybe a half a point or a point separating them. So getting a full field goal with any of those three teams, probably the way I would lean one way or the other. That said, I got burned by Atlanta last week, so I'm in no rush to, uh, to jump back into the fire with them, although that was outdoors, maybe Atlanta indoors in a dome a little bit better, but... Either way, I'm not really thrilled about backing either one of these teams right now. I just don't trust the Saints, and I don't trust Dennis Allen. Since the uh, start of last season, they are 3-10-1 against the spread after a win. They're 1-5-1 against the spread after a win this season. And as a favorite this season, 3-8-1 ATS Atlanta or pass for me. Yeah, and all the sharp money on Atlanta earlier in the week, plus 3.5. And, and frankly, I'm kicking myself for not playing that. I'm not going to play the 3, though. Um, Atlanta's a much better team at home than on the road, even though I make this game only two and a half, so my power ratings would say I should be looking towards Atlanta. I also don't like first meeting stats where even Atlanta won the game by nine points, phony final in favor of Atlanta, which favors the Saints to even the score. I'll pass the game. The dog in this series has covered four of the last five. It also happens that Atlanta was the dog in all of those games, so they've (laughs) covered four of the last five as well. Uh, notable Alvin Kamara did not practice today and that's that would be a pretty big impact uh, if he has to miss this game but I imagine I mean Taysom Hill played a massive role in the first game and it wouldn't shock me to see them get some usage out of him again Um, but yeah it's Atlanta or nothing for me it's funny you said I don't trust Dennis Allen, but I, I don't trust Arthur Smith. I like this is a, <laughs> a matchup of two of the dopiest coaches. The NFC South, boy, what a coaching wasteland that is. Um, but yeah, it's it's only uh, the, the Falcons for a lean for me. Let's move to Tampa at Carolina. The Bucks four and a half point road favorites. <sighs> The, 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 the Bucks have been field goal or better favorites now three times this season. They are 0-2-1. Baker Mayfield continues to just be dreadful as a favorite. 13-26 as a favorite in his career. I, I, listen, the, the Panthers stink. I just don't think the Bucks are much more than an average NFL team, if that. And I've said it all year long. I am not laying points on the road with average to below average to bad teams and I think the Bucks have to fall into that category um like, however and, the Bucks are seven and one against the spread on the road this season okay not uh, necessarily all his favorites obviously like yeah a lot of them as dogs as well it, this is Fez I'm curious your power ratings um the Panthers were two and a half point dogs at home to Atlanta that, that feels like the gap between Atlanta and Carolina feels like it can't be that much to go through the three. You mean Atlanta and Tampa? Uh, yeah. For, I'm saying Atlanta was a, uh, a two and a half point dog at Carolina. Now Tampa's a four and a half point dog. Yeah, so is Tampa at two Carolina. points better than Atlanta? It'd have to be more than two because you go through the three. Like, can they be that mm-hmm. much better? I got them a point and a half better. So, um, so it'd be difficult to get through the three to two and a half. Yeah, right? I, I, and I'll give you another comp that I think is pretty strong here to put you on towards Carolina. But having said that, 
you know, you had all you had all week to take five and a half, and I know yep. it's five, it's a dead number, but now it's four and a half. And you know what? I it's um, playing these this stuff after the line move. Now it might come back because it's a must win for Tampa. So at this point, you don't play it, and um, if it goes lower, you just let it go. And if it goes higher, then maybe you get involved with Carolina, who's much better at home. Mm-hmm. Just last week, a, a, a terrible road team. Carolina can't play a lick on the road. Yeah, they're catching three and a quarter, three point one. Well, they're catching three and a half. But or 3.4 um, at Jacksonville. All right. So I know Jacksonville doesn't have Lawrence, but Jacksonville without Lawrence is in the same ballpark of or company as Tampa Bay. I know Tampa Bay is slightly better, but you see where I'm going. Yeah. So the wrong time to bet Carolina. If you donked off your chips betting Carolina last week plus three and a half, well, you know, go play poker for a living because that. I mean, trying to win plus three and a half when line was six and a half is not the way to do it. But now you're getting four and a half, and now you're home. And you're playing a comparable team, and you're getting good Carolina at home where they have had numerous strong efforts, including uh, when they upset Houston, for instance, yeah, and, and the they, like. They, so, ju- they just pushed the Packers, which is another good example. So the Packers were mm-hmm. minus three and a half at Carolina. What's the power rating difference between Carolina and the Packers? Oh, uh, Packers are clearly better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. the so, Packers so, are so clearly val- better. Val- value on Carolina. But, you just um, don't want to play a, a number that you could have had better on. And, I, and a number I think I might get better than down the road because everyone's going to be like, oh, Baker's like like poised to win one of these bullshit awards. You know, if he has one more good game and he probably has some incentives to, to win one more game. And I think, I think if nothing else, um, the public is going to like Tampa Bay. Uh, they're sick of betting Carolina. Well, not that they bet Carolina anyways, but they, they know Carolina's god-awful. So because no, of that— No one wants to bet Carolina. No. Like, especially—and you know what? I think the one time where people where the public might have gone and bet Carolina was last week mm-hmm. when when Lawrence was out, and they got embarrassed. And if you were if you were watching that game, you're like one quarter in, like, oh, I'm—all I'm, you're, oh, you're just— You're drawing dead. If you, if you were live wagering this game, you won. All right, I, I want I want to hear from anyone. Anyone who was watching that game and was live wagering on Carolina, I need to hear from you because I don't believe you. There is no. I mean, <laughs> it's just like every single play was Jacksonville good, Carolina bad. Yeah. It, it, it was like watching. We talk about the armed forces. These these service academies oftentimes are the easiest live wagering ones either because um, the team can either stop the option or they can't. You figure it, it out pretty quick. Navy for seven. Navy for eight. Navy yep. for five, Navy for 12, Navy for two, Navy for nine, touchdown Navy, I'm betting Navy. Absolutely. Right? Yep. And that would have been an easy way to go at Carolina last week. But, again, I, I agree with you that they're a different team at home than they are on the road. As are most rookie quarterbacks generally, better on, on the mm-hmm. uh, better at home than they are on the road. Uh, but it's it's been night and day. I mean, all, all their, their wins, all their covers are coming at home. Like, that's the only place they're competitive. Uh, and I would think, you know what? Maybe a, a nice thing to uh, to cover up the news about David Tepper would be for Carolina to to maybe yeah. go out and win the game. That yeah. might, might help them a little bit. Uh, and of and course, that news was it was that he threw, he got fined three hundred thousand dollars for throwing a drink on a fan in Jacksonville. And that's like you getting fined like a Dr Pepper. Yeah, something like <laughs> that. But I, the other thing is Carolina. They normally I would say, well, why does Carolina want to win this game? But Carolina has no reason to tank because yeah. they don't have a draft pick. So and it's locked in anyway. So uh, Carolina or pass for me. Okay, guys, good job. But I got the answers, and I think we got a bonus play here. I like this. So here's the Cowboys situation. We're going from 21 on. So 21, 22, 23, partial season, almost complete now. And we said Dallas on the road on grass versus turf. 
All right? Here's what's surprising. The difference is the defense. The defense gives up on grass 26 points a game, 25.7. But on turf, they give up only 14. The offense is pretty much the same. So all this talk about Dallas, usually you think about grass or turf, you think about the offense, the speed. Here it's the defense. Yeah, and it's something that Jason Garrett, former Cowboys coach, actually talked about earlier this year on uh, the broadcast on Football on football Night in NBC, America. Yeah. He was saying after their loss to the, the Cardinals, which was on grass, that their defense is slower on grass than it is on turf. They don't get off the ball as fast. You know, so the Micah Parsons and their pass rush and even their defenders closing in on the ball, it's, it's slower on grass. And Devin McCourty, who longtime Patriot, talked about when they watched film on the Cowboys and Belichick was pointing out how fast they were. He actually said, it's a good thing we get to play them at home because they're faster on the turf than they are in the elements on grass. And the grass gives you munchies. Sure. Oh, that's all. <laughs> all right. So what do we want to look at? It's grass in Washington. We want to look over Washington and Fez. It's the perfect number. 16 and a half. That's effectively 14 and a half. That's effectively 10 plus a backdoor score. So, I mean, really, how is, I mean, you look at this total, I mean, that's why where the 13 comes in, right? For them to make that make sense, they got to bring their team total way down. Right. I think this, I'll be candid, this is one of my favorite plays of the year. I mean, like, what weather's going to be fine. What are the odds that Washington doesn't put up 17? If Even if we assume Dallas is going to be out. With a big lead. Well, I like I like that. We're eliminating the Washington defense, which I don't want to bet on, frankly. I agree. Yeah. So, Washington offense perfectly been capable. And and you know what I like? I like the fact that they got their ass kicked against the Jets and they were down like twenty eight to nothing and the offense still played hard and got That's a good point. They were down twenty seven nothing, got them four touchdowns. I mean, this might be the last start Sam Howe has in the NFL. Maybe. I mean so, Hopefully. Well, I mean, listen. I actually believe he could be a good quarterback. We had him as a capable quarterback, I, and then he faded. It's because they, they, they throw the ball, or they, they, they throw the ball more than any team. Mm. And what happened is he got hit so much because the O-line's so bad. He just, you know, Lombardi talks about eye level going down. Once yeah. you keep getting hit, you don't want to keep getting hit. It's just smart. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, that's what they said, David Carr. That's what happened to yep. him. So I, I don't know. It's I, also Eric Bieniemy's maybe last uh, one last audition before well, he goes uh, interviews for head coaching. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to get one in Washington. I, I don't <laughs> think he's even because if they were going to hire him, they would have fired. They would have replaced. They fired Rivera already. Yeah, yes. yeah, I think so. All right, guys. So I think that to me that's the best bet of the week. Myself, I like it. All right, you like it, Scott? Cosine. All right, Fest? I like it too. Take us home. Hey. Hey, let's be careful out there. By the way, we're going to be a day early for the playoffs next week. Look for it.